Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I was just a reboot situation, but uh, we had a little technical difficulties to get uh, started off the top, but now we're in here. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to hashtag uncensored. Yours truly solitaire DJ ready Fox. No better Nina. Another hi. week. Hello. How can we never Hello? let us say hi? <clears throat> oh, I'm just, cause I, 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 I introduced uh, 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 and then, uh, <laughs> Listen, Nina, just because you broke your nails. Did you uh, see the video, Solitaire? The, I, yes, I saw, the, I saw her, uh, her reels on Instagram. It was so painful. Now I just so, look Yo, like, that was gross. Yeah, imagine how much it hurt. It felt like somebody cut my fingers off. Well, see, that goes to show you how impractical okay. it is. For people that are listening to the podcast, you want to explain what happened, Nina? So basically, I was walking out of the gym, and I went to open my car door, and I still had my workout gloves on. I think that played a factor. And there was ice on my car door handle, because this was the day it was snowing, and I went to grab the handle, but my hand slipped, and the two fingers that were in it, the nails, like, ripped off, and they were, like, gushing Mm. blood all around the sides. Like, you could see... You know when you get the little round part of skin underneath your nails? It's that's your nerves. You could see like the nerves of them. It was so painful. I just I knew as soon as it happened, I looked down and I'm like, fuck. Because this happened another winter too before. And I was thinking about it happening while I was on my way to the gym and then it fucking oh. happened. Mm. And I was like, wow. So and what then, you did is you projected it into the universe. That's what Yeah, you did. and I was really just looking at it like this is fucked up. But I ripped off I took off the nails when I got home, like the rest of them. And it, mm-hmm. it like I honestly thought I was only gonna have like this much nail left. You're lucky so it didn't I- tear deeper down into your into the yeah. nails like seriously like this is gonna grow back like within a couple days like it's not as bad as what i it could have been worse could have been way worse way so. worse yeah. i was like holy but honestly you know what i blame one person for this and that's my youngest sister you know why because <laughs> what? she because she she used to always tell me oh your nails are so short they're so ugly they look like mom nails and then i started trying to compete with her her nails you think mine are long her nails are like up to here no joke talent and she's like yeah, and she's like, I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm going to get mine and keep them long. And I show her these and she's like, they're short still. I'm like, what the fuck? So now I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to listen to her anymore. You're going to shorten down the nails now, Nina? Yeah, hell yeah. Just for I'm not survival sake? Anymore. Yeah. So, so let me get this straight. Are you trying to tell me that girls compare nail size like guys talk about dick size? Like, yo, you're <laughs> dick, but you're thinking small or we, we don't, whatever. We don't like... talk about that stuff, Nina. Don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you guys do, yeah. No, we don't. We don't do that. <laughs> Girls do. Hey, man, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have. I mean, it, listen. You talk to any guy who's played sports or like team sports, and they all shower and all that foolishness. I think that's really weird. It, y- yes, yes, it is weird. Just like comparing nail size. No, nail size is so different. That's not a really intimate, private thing that nobody else sees. Like everybody's seeing my nails. Yeah. Not everyone's I mean, seeing your don't dick. Don't get me wrong. Talking about dick size is also weird too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't engage in it. I'm just saying I, I've definitely witnessed it. Um, this is just awkward. Let's just stop. You started it. I did. I did. No, she started it with the damn nails. Anyway, it is hashtag uncensored. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. That was definitely an uncensored conversation right there. How y'all doing? It's, uh, it's, it's December. December 1st hit and winter came and said, blood out. <laughs> Take that in your face. Okay. How's, how's oh. it been? Um... Uh, the snow was kind of whatever. Honestly, I'm just, I just had a really long day. I just, yeah, 
I can see that. You're a little testy. Yeah, I'm a little uh, discombobulated. She doesn't seem testy. She like you. You here at the top of the show? Uh, yeah, let's just start. Let's just do it. <laughs> That's not vintage Nina form. Actually, I, I, uh, actually, it actually kind of is. Actually, that kind of is. Yeah, but yeah, uh, December cool. I'm excited for Christmas. That's what I'm looking forward to. I got a Grinch sweater from Walmart to wear on Christmas. Okay, excellent. Yeah, excellent. I'm not really excited for Christmas this year. Not like usual. Uh, understand <clears throat> why, and I probably will probably touch on that a little bit during the show today. Okay. Well, if you want to start, you can start if you want. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hashtag Live right here on Vibe 105. We're back. It's another week. It is Saturday, December the 5th. You're tuned in, dialed in, and locked into the greatest conversation on the planet. Welcome, yours truly, Solitaire, joined by DJ Reddy Fox. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) And no better Nina. Hi, everyone. He let us say hi. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't usually (laughs) let us say hi. I do, but what I do is I introduce everybody and then I circle back around and I say, hey guys, right. how are you doing? Yeah. See how that works? Nina's in a bad mood because she broke her nails this week. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys saw her on her Instagram, it was pretty gruesome. It was very, it was a, it was a crime scene. That's the most DMs I've got since I've been in well, a relationship. What were, pe- what were people saying, Nina? <laughs> people were oh my god some people thought it was fake they're like what the hell and the other like a lot of girls were like bro i feel like i'm cringing it looks so painful my nail tech was very 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 shocked but she understood my pain she hmm. said she'll fix uh, it nice. did she did she give you a discount yeah she always gives me a discount she likes me. oh really oh yeah well there you go well um sounds like y'all have had an exciting eventful week Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on in the show. But um, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, we appreciate you all for tuning in and supporting us each and every week. Uh, Continue to follow us and tell your friends to follow us on all our social media. uh, Well, all our social media being Twitter and Instagram at hashtag vibe 105 is the tag. And uh, continue to engage with us. We are trying to continue to be active and letting y'all know what's on our mind. And we want to hear what's on your mind as well. All right. Um, before we get into the program, I'm going to just go right into it because Nina's got things to do and sleep to get. <laughs> so <laughs> let's so let's start off with the poll question of the week. Okay. So last week we asked with lockdown number two officially underway if in COVID-19 hotspots in Ontario, where are you on the COVID fatigue scale? Your options were, I still enjoy lockdown, tired. We just have to learn to live with it. Or I don't live in a hotspot. Um, so 30%, 33% of people said that they still actually enjoy lockdown. Um, I feel like Reddy voted that. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I'm just taking advantage, but it's it's not as bad as it is. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's, I don't want to say it's good or bad. I don't want to like, say either. Um, seventeen percent of people said that they're tired of it and we just have to learn to live with it. And fifty percent of people, which is the winning vote, said that they don't live in a hot spot. So lucky uh, them. Yeah. I, I feel like those people are lying because I feel like everywhere is a hot spot. Well, unless they live in like Barry or like Timmins. Why do I, why do I feel like Barry is probably like the biggest hot spot on the low? They're just why? not reporting any numbers. They're, they're, I don't know because that's where everybody's sneaking off to go to get out of the, lo- the lockdown. Oh, they're coming to Vaughn. That's where they're all coming. Right, right. Actually, I just a quick side note. I know that 
with the malls in New Yorkdale being closed, I know a couple people who still work in the retail industry and one of my friends who works at Yorkdale, because the mall closed, they transferred her to Vaughn Mills, which doesn't really make sense because Toronto's the hotspot and now they're transferring all their employees over here. <sighs> yeah. Um, anyway, so this week we're asking, um, are celebrities like Cardi B and the Kardashians, among many others, being insensitive slash ignorant for enjoying time with family over Thanksgiving, despite COVID-19 rules to only celebrate with members of your household? Mm. The options were, yep, not fair. No, they're rich and have more access to things. Or COVID is not real. Um, so head over to hashtag web105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. Why would you I put... Want, I just want to stir the pot. I just okay. want to stir the pot and see who votes for it. That's all. <laughs> Okay. No, the thing is, I mean, it's not that far fetched because there are people who are still like, yeah, it's not real. Mm. COVID isn't exactly, real. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a figment, and you know, all you got to do is take a little bit of, you know, just inject a little bleach or take a little UV light into your veins, and you'll be fine. Drink a little uh, peppermint. What was it? What's the other one they try to say? Um, cumin or uh, forget. Yeah, some know. something like that. Something like that. All right. Well, uh, make sure you, obviously, uh, we want to hear what your thoughts are. Hopefully, it's not that COVID isn't real, but make your way over to at hashtag Vibe105 to make your vote count. And yeah, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's jump right into the conversation. Without further ado, it is time, time for Have You Heard? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, right off the top, we're just going to get to hit you with some rapid fire updates. One of the most uh, exciting ones that we are happy to announce. One of our previous guests, uh, a warrior on the front of Black Lives Matter, an author, a journalist, and just an overall great uh, man. Desmond Cole recently won the 10K Toronto Book Award for his book that he uh-huh. released in February, The Skin We're In. Such a good book. Congratulations. Yay. Clap, clap, clap. Congratulations to Desmond Congratulations, Cole. Desmond Cole. Which is why we uh, had him as a guest when he released that book. We actually uh, had the opportunity to bring him on the show to have him as a guest. Um, Such for those a good of you book. who don't know, it is a fantastic book. It is, uh, it is basically um, his perspective of what happened during the year 2017, and he outlines all of his personal journalism, activism, and experiences alongside the stories that made headlines across the country, specifically pertaining to Black Lives Matter, racism, systemic institutionalized mm-hmm. racism. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, he won 10K for this, for this prize. And what's dope? In typical uh, Desmond Cole fashion, he's going to be donating half of the prize money he won, $5,000, which will be split between two particular charities that are close to him. Uh, $2,500 will go to a mutual aid fund for black trans women to support their living expenses during the pandemic. You might remember uh, back in 2019, there was a woman named Megan Murphy. She had an event at the Toronto Public Library talking about how allowing men to identify as women endangers women and undermines women's rights oh yeah i remember and, that uh, remember that and yeah. you yeah. know people they were protesting having this woman be allowed to come and talk negatively about trans women um so <laughs> i like the way that he specifically said i'm gonna donate to uh, black trans women to support them during this time and if you remember this was um it was held at the event was held at the Toronto Public Library, and one of um, the people who are the programmers for the book, Toronto Book Awards is the Public Library. So it's almost <laughs> like it was like a little backhanded jab at that. I, I'm just I'm just adding that context. Maybe <laughs> right. probably in the pot. In the pot. 
And the other $2,500 will go to the Encampment Support Network, which supports the homeless population in Toronto. Nice. That's amazing. Cool. That's so good. And again, we recommend this book for anybody if you haven't read it. Definitely worth a read because uh, you'll learn so much about things that happen in the city where police brutality or just, uh, you know, police misconduct is happening, intimidation tactics, all sorts of stuff that happened directly to Desmond Cole, as well as other people in the city. We pay attention to stuff as much as we can because, A, we have the radio show and whatnot, but there was so much stuff in there that I was completely unaware of that I learned from reading the book. Provided mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. context to a lot of the situations that happened, whether it was with the police or uh, indigenous uh, populations. Fantastic. Um Moving on uh, in the uh, there's like, I think there's just under 50 days or something for, for Trump to eva- uh, evacuate the white house. Go to and jail. He keep, yeah. To go to jail. And he keeps trying to promote this false narrative of, uh, you know, this, this vote dump of, you know, illegal votes or what have you. So he's been trying to uh, have recounts done in various territories. And there was a recount done in Wisconsin and after the recount was done, guess what? Biden won by an even wider lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Such a waste I, of money. You know how much it, it costs millions of dollars for them to do these recounts, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I just wanted to highlight that just to rub salt in the wound just a little bit. I'm going to wait I might, for him to get it out. I might have to touch on this a bit later in politics as usual, too, because he's got the grift of all grifts going on right now. Oh, man. He really does. It's, it, it's like it's weird because he's conceding in actions, but not in words, not for not it's one pro- iota. It's profitable for him right now to not concede. What's a grift? Just like he's just a, just a shady, just a, a whatever. Um, hustle. A, yeah, just a liar, oh, okay. like a shady sneak. I don't know. Grift. Okay. He's, he's uh, a grifter. New word. Got it. All right. Well, there you go. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you learn, you live, you, you live, you learn. You're young. You probably wouldn't have heard of. You know what? He knows it from a from a show, a movie that we watch uh, called um, Miller's Crossing. <laughs> oh, that's but that's a legit. Like I've always heard of. I know that it's word a real before, word. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a real <laughs> word. All right. Um, another quick update. Uh, we I think we mentioned this on a few shows before, where there was a mm-hmm. uh, there was a motion to try to have uh, daylight savings time removed yes please so that we just have one time so apparently the ontario legislature has passed legislation to make it daylight savings time permanent now it's not official but this just means that it can be taken to the next level they've all agreed that it is a good idea um it would end the biannual changing of clocks making daylight time permanent in the province it was tabled by mp uh, for ottawa west jeremy roberts uh in october and this uh, new legislation passed last week, Wednesday. Bless studies you, Jeremy show, Roberts. Bless you. Bless you, Jeremy bless Roberts. Uh, studies show, according to uh, what Roberts highlighted, studies show that the biannual tradition can cause serious negative effects, including, including increased depression rates, heart attacks, and strokes. Mm. And he cited the benefits of ending this um, daylight savings back and forth, if you will, is that it... This was this was kind of weird because I'm I'm kind of anti-consumerism so to speak but he did say that this promotes uh more consumerism by giving residents more hours of daylight in the evening to shop which I thought was a weird argument to make for why you should 
you know, I think he's, eliminate daylight savings time. I think, I think he's, he's just, just trying to say what they want. Yeah, exactly. I think he's saying what they want to hear in terms of politicians coming on board with uh, voting for it kind of thing. And if he tells them, yeah, the economy will work, it'll help the economy, then they'll be like, oh, okay, then we'll sign up. Unless That's Jeremy's true. a shop till you drop kind of guy, then maybe he just wants to <laughs> stop. All right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'll allow it, perhaps. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, uh, the attorney general said that they would make the motion, they would bring the motion into an act only in coordination with Quebec and New York. So we got to get on our French brethren and our New York cousins. Why do I, th- why do I think New York will be on board and Quebec won't be? Because Quebec, Quebec is wants to be the difficult sibling. I was going to say, because Quebec pound for pound has the most racist tendencies. I don't know what racism and daylight savings time have to do with I don't know, I man. You, if there is a correlation, Quebec would find it. I, I don't just know. don't understand why do we have to get, agree with Quebec and New York? What time zones. Time zones. Because they share the same time zone. Everybody else in the same time zone. Washington, D.C. and Maryland and, and Pennsylvania and all those other states. I don't know. <laughs> What am I, a doctor? Yeah. What am I, a time doctor? I don't know. What are you, a doctor? <laughs> Damn, Nina, you, you listed states. I was like, I didn't, you know, your geography. I, I didn't know. But I, you know what? That's what I thought of. But you know what? Whatever. As long as they eliminate <laughs> it, everybody else will figure it out. They'll and again, I, I guarantee you, New York is going to agree and Quebec won't. I <laughs> just... you take it, we taking bets on that? What's the odds on it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's move into a little bit more COVID news because there's uh, the updates are coming fast and furious. And let's just say that uh, lockdown fatigue has officially settled in <laughs> to the bone gristle of everybody that. that has been subjected to these lockdowns. Um, now this is really kind of revealing as to how fatigued people are. Retailers, a, a group of retailers, prominent retailers have actually banded together to call on Ontario to open non-essential stores and say that the restrictions aren't working. So 50 real retailers uh, have called on the Ontario government. This happened on Tuesday uh, to say, listen, open up stores. Okay. Mm -hmm. Non-essential essential. uh, It's not really making a difference. And the only people who are benefiting are the big box retailers that are allowed to open up because they sell essential items, but they also sell non-essential items. And the discrepancies is starting to really, you know, be really a messed up situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, uh, there was a letter put together by uh, several major retailers, including Hudson's Bay company, Canadian tire, Ikea roots, Staples, Canada, uh, now, in the letter, they said, we respect the extraordinary efforts you and your administration are making to safeguard the public interest during this extremely challenging time. The problem is that Ontario's policy of segregating non-essential retailers from those deemed essential might actually be making things worse. This was a letter addressed to Premier Doug Ford and Health Minister Christine Elliott. Um, they said that the the, me- the necessary measures are being taken. Oh, sorry. This was a... Ontario, the the premier as spokesperson for the health minister replied to this um, by saying that necessary measures are being taken to limit community transmission of COVID-19 in order to keep schools open, safeguard, safeguard health system capacity and protect the province's most vulnerable populations. Um, Now, Doug Ford in association with, in association with this, in response, I can't even talk right now. That's okay. In response to this, he said, listen, He said, folks, I know know this is not fair, um, 
Now, it's it's understandable that uh, you know small businesses are really suffering. Uh, big box businesses are reaping huge, huge rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, the CEO of Chapters Indico said that, which I, you know, when it comes to the data, I've definitely tuned out of like the numbers, the reporting numbers, and the data behind it. But according to Heather Reisman, who is the CEO of Chapters Indigo, that she says that there's absolutely no data that suggests retail environments, retail shopping environments. Uh, where a customer comes in, does what they have to do and leaves is where the spread is happening. She says she is suggesting that 25% capacity allowance would be appropriate Mm -hmm. to compromise, to keep businesses open. Now, in response to that, this was a point that Ford made. And, you know, I'm always open to new information that may shift my perspective from one way or the other. The point he's making about this lockdown is that if you're going to the big box retailer, it's like a one-stop shop. And he said, I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair folks, believe me. But he said, this limits people from going out and making four, five, six stops on the way home to pick up stuff by kind of corralling everybody to kind of focus on essential stuff. You're going to say corralling everybody into one place. I know I was, but, I was. but I mean, it's... essentially that's what he's doing. Right. So, I mean, listen, I, I does, but does that kind of make sense to you? Do you think that, do you think that these lockdowns as, as uh, erratic as they seem is the science accurate? Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's hard. It's even hard to make out like what to make sense out of. I don't know. It's, it's so, I still feel so bad for the small businesses in the city, like I just saw an article today or yesterday or the other day, I'm talking about how many businesses closed in Kensington market alone, like over 20 businesses, like over the span of a few months have already, like it's fundamentally changing what's happening in small communities with these stores that can't stay open, but they're allowing these big stores like Walmart to stay open. I think I saw Mark's. uh, Yeah. Mark's is open. It was open. So like, it it seems like, again, what is essential versus what's non-essential and, I'm actually on the side of the retailers a little on this, and I'm so not a consumerism like proper upper or whatever. But it's like it's Christmas time. A lot of these businesses basically plan around this time of the year to make a Money. good chunk of their profits are at Christmas time. So I I don't think it would be how bad would it be to do the twenty five percent capacity thing? I think that's some that seems reasonable to me to allow them to try to do that. But I don't know. Again. It seems like we're all just making this up as it goes along. I agree. I agree with the retailers because, yeah, I think um, having that low capacity and stuff would help. And it's not like, I don't know. I feel like higher transmission places like schools and... and I like that you keep bringing gyms, up... The well, the gym place. gym is still open. That's a high transmission place. and Well, in York region. And I still... Oh, the gym, the gyms are open now again? They've opened No, no, no. Oh, well, only in York. Because York region's been still been open. But we're in the red level. So 10 people at a time. Hmm. And one of the things that... I mean, to, to the point about, you know, whether or not these lockdowns are effective or whether there's not a way to implement uh, non-essential stores to be able to open... Back when the lockdown happened in uh, earlier in the year, they were they were not as adamant about the mask policy because at that point they still hadn't admitted that it was it was airborne. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that everybody is definitely you know taking up the you know adhering to the mask 
wearing policy that should facilitate stores being able to open up at a limited capacity. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 even me who was pretty comfortable with, you know, trying to do my best to be safe and protect everybody's health. I'm a little weary of the, at the, the kind of uh, seemingly scattered way they're going about this. But interestingly enough, in relation to that, uh, provinces uh, lockdowns have been have been effective, according to this study, that uh, it's had a positive effect. Uh, there was a team uh, from York University. The, uh, it was a laboratory for industrial and applied mathematics, so very scientific sounding terminology. <laughs> uh, Jian, Jian Hong Wu, he said that they found that interventions implemented to prevent the spread of COVID-19 not only significantly reduced the number of people residents had social contact with, but also influenced who those people chose to see, basically making an argument for lockdowns. But I feel like somebody uh, behind closed doors commissioned this report to make it look like, hey, guys, this is all <laughs> this is all. I'm just putting on my conspiracy theory hat and I'm just it's not so believing easy anybody. right now to just run down to any. Consp- there's so many floating around. And I think because everybody lived through the first one and now we're like, okay, we're in the second lockdown. And now everybody's like, all right, the first time around, we never asked these questions. Why? And now everyone's asking more questions. Yeah. People are fed up. People are already fed up. Including us. Yeah. There you go. We're fed up too. I didn't even know what to think. I didn't even know what to say anymore. So we're just going to wrap up this conversation (laughs) because we basically spoke at each other and solved nothing. Yeah, we didn't solve a thing. We, we like to be problem cure for COVID. We like to be problem solvers, but we're solving nothing today. We're just relaying information, and hopefully, you're in a position to make the best decision possible for you and your loved ones. So, in the spirit of that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to pay some bills right now. Uh, don't go anywhere too far. For those of you who are tuned into us on Vibe One Hundred Five, continue to stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you on the podcast, stay with us. Yeah, guys, we solved nothing. <laughs> what are we gonna solve? What are we gonna we're, solve? We're problem solvers. No, we're no, no, not this. Not this is this is this is an unsolvable situation right now. I, I have to say, that I, I was intrigued. Like when those, I mean, mind you, the real ones, like uh, the real uh, big box stores, so to speak, that have been really raking in the dough, like Walmart. I don't know if they were officially part of that letter that these uh, Canadian retailers wrote, but mm-hmm. at least like, you know, Hudson's Bay, it kind of seems like the B list of box, <laughs> of box stores. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, were the ones that wrote this letter, not the ones who were really caking up. I don't know. Well, who would be other than Walmart? Like who else? Walmart, Costco. Oh, we Costco. I forgot about Costco. Yeah. Costco. Um, I wonder, like, I wonder is Best Buy, are they closed? No, they're open. Uh, no, yeah, they're closed, but open for curbside pickup. Okay. So yeah. that, so wouldn't other retailers be open for curbside pickup too? I think they, they can. are. Or they just have. No, they can. Oh, they can. Like, they can. Yeah, like they can. Like, like those small businesses and stuff can, but then it becomes a matter of do they have, are they, getting enough orders to pay these employees that need to go into work to put together the orders to give to the people who are doing curbside pickup. Then it mm. kind of comes down to that too. Right. So I don't know. What to well, do. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to snitch, but I walked down Spadina 
And it seemed like everybody was open. <laughs> it seemed like everybody was open yeah. in some capacity. I don't know who was kind of like on the low, like uh, you're a snitch. Like, <laughs> I didn't say who. Narc. I just said everybody. But I is a long street. I'm just saying. But yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I I've, even even while trying to do my part as a citizen, I am definitely at a loss right now. And then, and the thing is, what one at one point when people are like, yeah, we just need to get this vaccine, the vaccine isn't even the answer either, which I know yeah. ready, we're going to get to later on in the discussion. But even <clears throat> everybody's asking me, are you going to take a vaccine? Are you going to take the vaccine? Um, I don't want to. I'm not even fronting on that. I don't take the flu vaccine. I don't want it. I don't do that stuff, period. Like, it's not even a question of because it's COVID, this and that, especially too for the fact that I'm still healthy now as it is or whatever. If everyone's getting vaccinated shouldn't i be okay if i don't have to get vaccinated i never catch it i'm just saying (laughs) i don't think that's how it works but nevertheless if i never catch um, the the ting if i never catch the tings them (laughs) (laughs) and everyone else gets vaccinated shouldn't that be all right herd immunity but that means that if if it does manage to reemerge, then you're shagged i don't know (laughs) <laughs> did you guys do any black friday or cyber monday or black friday shopping no hell no oh i for did what what of course you did but what i did, did it for you... okay i did it for other people so i got my parents christmas gift. oh see that's oh, nice what'd you get them? my parents are very hard people to buy stuff for and then i remembered they've bought all of us a tv for our rooms and they what? never got one for themselves so <laughs> so you bought your parents a tv so yeah, I got them. Uh, I got a, a fifty inch four uh, K TV. What? Nice. Four hundred dollars. For how much? Yeah, four hundred dollars. I don't know if that's a good deal. Or that not, is a good deal. Yeah. I how, got what it. was so, the size of the TV again? Fifty inches. Fifty inches, and it's four K. Four K. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. What's I, the brand name? It, the LG. brand name. Okay, yeah, that that because I I got I definitely got a fifty inch TV, <laughs> and it, mine was half of that. Oh. Mine was also uh, some like two hundred dollars. Slavian, some Yugoslavian. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. You bought it off of Wish, didn't you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they, they made it. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's, it's fine. Like, it says Sony, and it's spelled like S O K N E E or something like that. But see, here's the thing. Wish with is the worst, screen, man. With flat screen technology. It really doesn't matter, man. As long as it, it listen, I grew up where I had to use a pair of pliers to turn the channel. So it's a fifty-inch flat screen. It weighs ten pounds. It's a win. Yeah, they you know, just they got me one for my room. I asked for one for my birthday because otherwise they were just going to give me money and I would have had to give that back to them to pay my car insurance. So I was just like, get me a TV. <laughs> and then they always, cause they always say like, Oh, we're going to get one. We're going to get one, but we need to like redo our room. They're never going to buy one for themselves. My parents never buy anything for themselves. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to order it. Look at that. That's nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we should get into radio time now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned into vibe 105's own hashtag with yours. Truly solitaire DJ ready Fox and no better Nina. Um, we're fed up of lockdowns. <laughs> Roger that. We, tried, we we thought we were going to research it and figure it out during Have You Heard's. Unfortunately, that was not the case. You heard how we blundered that uh, terribly, but it's okay. 
because we're going to get through this together, right? Alone together? Is that how the saying goes? No. We're going to get through it via Zoom. Yes, yes. Uh, Zoom, Zoom must be like, their their evaluation as a company must have gone through the roof Of right course. Yep. Everybody's <laughs> using them. Everybody. Of Even my course, mom knows man. how to use them. Never you heard know, of Zoom until this year, and I've been Zooming my life away. You know what's <laughs> crazy? I, It is definitely, in it, like increase the convenience of having a meeting i had to i had a meeting that i was supposed to be at at three but i had a show just i know before we get into politics yeah, yeah. really uh i had a show that finished a little bit late so i jumped after the show i jumped off the stage i put on my phone and i was in the meeting <laughs> <laughs> and then my phone was dying i was like hold on a second guys i walked out of the venue i walked to my car i drove home in While the I was in the meeting. It's hard to beat the convenience of Zoom. I'm what a saying, time to be I'm alive, here. right? What a time. All right. Um, speaking of time, it's time now for politics as usual. I'm going to pass the torch over to Reddy Fox to lead the discussion on that. What's going on, Reddy? Okay, so there's been a bunch of different things going on in the news this week. Um, we'll talk a bit about Ontario providing more financial help uh, with parents if we can get through all of this within the uh, next little bit. As, Praise the Lord. Yep. Also, as well, um, we're going to talk a bit about how people are contracting um, COVID-19, according to data, um, as well as how much faith do you guys have in the government that they're actually that they know what they're doing? I'll ask you guys <laughs> about that. And there's a poll that suggests what Canadians think of what the government is doing. And um, is really going back to normal a good idea? Um, normal got us here in the first place. <laughs> Actually, no. How it spread was very abnormal. I just want to put that out. A lot of the problems that we have on the go right now, Nina, is because of the normal stuff that we had in place before the pandemic came. So Nina just wants to do hood rat stuff with her friends. That's what. (laughs) Yeah. So do we really want to go back to normal? Is that a good idea? And uh, we in in terms of that as well, too, the ultra wealthy have been getting richer during the pandemic. So Mm. maybe it's time that we look at a possibly putting a wealth tax out there now it's something that we don't have in canada so we should maybe consider that as part of the non-normal new normal that we're going to be going back to and also and you touched on this a bit before solitaire uh grifters got a grift talking about uh trump his last grift it's actually getting to be a bit of a dangerous game now that he's playing and um Mm -hmm. he still hasn't even officially conceded i we all know this actually that he's been doubling tripling down in terms of uh, saying that there was fraudulent voting going on during the pandemic, where there's uh, during the um, election, which there's no proof for whatsoever. And Rudy Giuliani's been out there uh, just trying his best. So we're going to try to get through some of this stuff. Um, so we are going to start, actually, I want to start actually with, do you guys have faith in the government? How do you guys feel that the government's been handling this so far overall? I'll start with you, Nina. I don't think they're doing a bad job. I think people are just getting angst and frustrated with the whole like having to constantly be put through this because like I noticed when we started the color coded system, like all of America started the color coded system as well, which I mm. kind of thought was interesting, but I do think like, I don't know. I think like Dougie has our best interest in mind. I just, I just think I, like, I know I'm frustrated. I know that I'll admit to that, but I think that's just like a, like a, us thing you know it's not like like, yeah he's trying to keep us safe i i don't think he has any ulterior motives other than surviving to be honest okay maybe i'm maybe i'm very well i am gullible i know i'm gullible but yeah i think we're all (laughs) gullible a little bit what about you solitaire how confident are you in uh the government knowing what they're doing in terms of the pandemic especially when it's going to come to this whole vaccine rollout thing 
You know, talking to my friends who are, are staunch conspiracy theorists and uh, extremely distrustful of the government, I think it's starting to uh, rub off on me. It's rubbing off uh, on pa- me a little, too. Pa- I guess I don't know if I should say pause, but I know some people say pause on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh. If you don't understand, don't ask any questions. Um, but I was going to say. Be an adult. <laughs> I was going to say that I, I'm, I am losing faith. I'm losing faith because I don't know, you know, it's easy to say we're doing this uh, out of uh, concern for the best, um, best interest of the people, but these rolling lockdowns more and more so aren't making much sense to me. Right. And especially when you have more and more people and even scientists, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the World Health Organization has actually come out and said that lockdowns are doing more harm than good. Mm Mm-hmm as you know the toll that it's taking it's like we can't um not that i ever ever want to quote trump but i don't even think this this quote is attributable to trump because it makes if it's a full so sentence much. probably not i know because it makes too much sense but the 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 cure can't be worse than the than the disease and at this point these lockdowns are proving to be you know devastating for small businesses and for mental health, for a lot of people mm-hmm. who live alone, who are elderly, who don't necessarily have family or support in that way. So I'm losing faith. Okay. Well, not completely gone, but I'm losing. Can't actually blame you truly because the government hasn't really had a track record of us having faith in them in the first place in terms of even keeping promises or just doing what's in the best interest of the people. But at least we can say that the government is at least trying to help parents this time around. So we're going to come back to this whole confidence in the government thing to look at a poll number. But parents of children age 12 or younger are now eligible for more. It's called the Support for Learners program. So parents of children ages 12 or younger, you're able to receive a one-time payment again of $200 per child or 250 for children 21 years of age or younger with special education needs. So this is the second time that they're rolling out um, money to help parents, especially for parents that have kids at home, trying to learn at home and just help them financially. Maybe you need to get a caretaker or something to, or a caregiver to help you with your kids or whatever. Whatever your expenses are, this will definitely help. So it's officially open right now. It was announced by Doug Ford this week. Um, So you can apply for it online. The province said the application is a direct one-time payment and you could submit it. It's a the expiry date is January fifteenth. You have until January fifteenth to apply for it. So this is the second uh, pandemic rollout, and the government's spending about three hundred and seventy-eight million dollars or three hundred and eighty million dollars this time around. They spent about three hundred and seventy-eight the first time around uh, for payments out to parents just to help with uh, financial needs and whatnot. So that's the positive of it, of it at least. They're at least doing yeah. that. And um, looking back now at um, the poll that we had here in terms of confidence in the government now, the Liberal government is saying that their goal is to have a majority of Canadians vaccinated by September 2021. Um, Mm. Do you guys feel that that's good enough or not good enough? Mm. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that... Sorry. I I think that if they think think everyone's going to get vaccinated by September, you said? That's the, liber- the, the government's goal, federal government, their goal is to have a majority of Canadians vaccinated by September 2021. Do you think that's um, good enough or not good enough? I think we'll have a normal summer and a little bit of a normal <laughs> spring, possibly. Maybe <laughs> after school. You sound like Trump now. It's just magically going to disappear. 
I'm still trying on that 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 prediction. The psychic lady, come on, her her paragraph where she said it's going to disappear as fast as it came. I'm waiting for it. Oh, it's going to happen. I feel it in my what do you think, Solitaire? Is that good enough or not good enough? I, I don't. I I don't know, man. I, I especially when you're talking about like now, it's not even about the vaccine. It's about the psychological effect of people believing that it's going to be mandatory. Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, I well, no according to this recent poll, 57% of Canadians say it's good enough. And uh, 43% say it's not good enough. Now, do you believe the government has an actual plan for the vaccines? Or do you think they're just making stuff up as they go along? Nina, do I they have a plan? No, no plan. I think they're just getting information and they're like, all right, now we just have to tell them that it's going to come. Solitaire, now, what do you all think? They, all they've told us is it's coming. They never said how they're planning on distributing it really that well they're still working out that plan and um they just uh, gave um i think i can't think his name is a uh, hiller or something like that i can't remember his name but he's working out a plan for how the vaccinations will be rolled out and he's hoping to have that plan done by the end of the year so well, what do you think had started working on it when we had our first lockdown because right. he knew we were going to get a vaccine <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah well yeah i heard that the the there was um i believe it was a general of the canadian armed forces who they've enlisted to help uh, distribute and um, administer the vaccine. I think they have a plan. I think they do have a plan. Okay. Well, according- <laughs> I don't think that they're just making it up. Okay. Well, according to this poll, 63% <laughs> of Canadians think they're just making it up as they go along. That's not good. That's not good for Canadians to have not confidence in the government overall like that. 63% of people think that they're just making it up as they go along. 37% of them think they have a plan now. This is a personal question for you guys. How willing are you to get the vaccine when it comes out? Will you take it immediately? Will you wait longer to assess its safety and use? Or you're just not going to take it at all? Uh, You go first. Solitaire, you go first. Oh, pressure. Uh, Well, see, the thing about it is the the regular people like you and I are not going to be able to get it immediately, even if we wanted to. There, Mm -hmm. There is a priority list. And I'll tell you, maybe it's just kind so of... So, hypothetically uh, speaking, suppose it's just available on every, everywhere, right away for every Canadian. Are you going to take it immediately or are you going to wait? Or you're not going to no, take it no. at all? I'm not going to take it immediately. I'm going to wait. Um, but I'm not going to say that I won't take it at all. Mm. What do you say, Nina? Same thing. I'm going to wait. But I'm going to wait like two years and see what happens to everybody else. <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, according to this poll, 48% of Canadians say they will wait longer to assess its safety and uh, see what the, how it's going to be used. 36% said they would get it immediately. And 16% said, I'm not going to get it at all. So there you go. You guys are... That sounds, that sounds about the, you know, the right distribution of the population. Just a, it, I know this is an anecdotal kind of insight, but to me... The fact that they're prioritizing who's like who is at the top of the list to get it, which is the frontline workers like mm-hmm. nurses and doctors, makes me believe that. I mean, imagine they give this vaccine to these frontline workers, and then we lose all the frontline workers, or they all become zombies, then we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think, I don't, <laughs> I know it's a little morbid, but I mean, I don't think, I don't think that they are going to endanger the most important people who are at the front lines of trying to, you know, defeat this virus uh, at the expense of the rest of us. So right. that, that gives me a little bit of comfort. Maybe it's just me. 
Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, so just taking a quick look now at how, um, according to data, how the um, COVID-19 is being getting transmitted to people, because we are seeing the numbers kind of going up a bit now for the last few days. Again, I think we've had record numbers for the last couple of days, unfortunately. So one in five Torontonians, about 21% of people that responded to COVID-19 cases said that they had visited, they had people visit their homes or went inside people, other people's homes where there were at least 10 people or less um, during the time that they contracted the virus. Now, the majority of the cases reporting close contact with an, most people have gotten it 21% from a spouse or partner. And then the next common wow. relationship it comes from uh, friends, 16%, and then another 16% from coworkers. So wow. Well, so I'm the most at risk here. I'm <laughs> just joking. Yeah, you guys. maybe. You might be, Nina. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Nina? Uh, you'll, I'll do anything for love. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, younger people are starting to show up more so, Nina, in terms of um, people that are getting it. 57% of today's cases were between the ages of 20 and 49 years of age. And, I can believe that. Right. My, pe- my age group is not listening. Right. And of the, and of the, uh, the total cases there, 167 reported cases were among ages 20 to 29. So have you been finding that, that your friends are not just not paying attention to the rules or the restrictions or whatnot? Um, Don't snitch on your friends, Nina. No, yes, not my friends. Snitch on your not friends, Nina. Friends. Yeah. Not my friends. I've heard of people, though, that are just not really, like, people are still doing, like, birthday parties and stuff. And, like, it's just kind of, I'm just like, eh, I don't attend those. But mm. I'm pretty careful. I will. You know say why? You know why? I you know don't people who those? aren't. You know why you don't attend those, Nina? Because you're not looking for love anymore. You found love, so you don't need to, you don't need <laughs> to socialize. Right. There you go. <laughs> Just keep it real. Just keep it real. Yeah. So if, Nina, just, if Nina was single, Nina'd be at one of them underground like after. I would not. I live with my grandparents. Remember? <laughs> All right. right. Okay. All right. <laughs> So anyways, the, the health officials are basically asking people to, to limit their visits to other households. Again, they've been saying the same thing over and over again. But yeah, unfortunately, the majority of the cases where people contracted it's from a spouse or partner or from friends or from coworkers. So there that's, you go. That's crazy. Yes. I, I did not know that. But those numbers are that. at least are happening in Toronto. So um, these numbers keep changing all the time. So overall we've been hearing a lot of people saying we're right at the end now of 2021 or 2020 and we can hopefully get back to some sort of normal for 2021 i don't think things are going to go back to normal and i don't think they should go back to normal because i feel like normal is what got us here in the first place because of normal we were ignoring how much damage we were doing to the environment we've seen how much that's changed since we've cut back on travel and just people driving and all that we've seen emissions come down and we've seen changes in the environment pretty drastically pretty quickly um Mm. also businesses were pretty adamant about fighting against people working from home they're not can't really fight against that anymore so that's become a new normal so to speak people working from home as well Mm. as you know the normal was ignoring police brutality and systemic racism before the Mm. pandemic hit we've been looking at that a lot more And also the need for a universal basic income. This is something I've talked about on the radio show quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, now that we're in the pandemic and we're seeing people losing their jobs and all that, the idea of a universal basic income has been more accepted more than ever right now. So just overall, Mm -hmm. now that I've kind of given you guys a list of some of the things that we weren't doing before the pandemic, do you really want to go back to normal? Or shouldn't we take advantage now of maybe going in a new direction? I just yes. I mm. want to go back to 
Carabana. I want Carabana. <laughs> I want I want movie theaters. I want nightclubs. I, yo, listen. I would get vaccinated just so I could go to a club right now. <laughs> Turn up. Uh, 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 uh. And I'm and I'm 45, so I can you know it's there's I think I I, I but you know to, in all seriousness I understand what you're saying as far as you know it took this pandemic to open our eyes to uh, a lot of of um, the folly of our ways, especially when it comes to the environment. I think that yeah. was really revealing the universal basic income. Um, and one thing that I think that has really resonated with a lot of people is you know we're we're reckoning with things that we thought that we needed prior to this pandemic are you know a lot of people are starting their their what they value in their lives in terms of what they need and what they want right yeah. uh, starting to change i think there's a lot less Honest, uh, emphasis placed on things more than it you know my spending anything. habits have changed quite a bit for the pandemic i really realized a lot of things that i was spending money on i really didn't need to Oh, yeah. I wish mine did. I still bought a new wardrobe for every season. Just in case, I did it just in case things went back to normal. And I'm glad I did it for the summer because things did go back to normal for a, for bit, a little bit. And I, had, and I had a fresh summer wardrobe. <laughs> but <laughs> Priorities, priorities, the important stuff. Right. I was going to say, I my thing is, I get what you're saying. I wouldn't say necessarily those things made us or people like us more aware. Like we already paid a lot of attention to like things happening in the black lives matter movement and maybe the environment, not as much, but like those kind of things. I do think it helped people who didn't pay attention or didn't necessarily really look into the black lives matter movement and therefore disagreed with um, uh, the inhumane treatment of black people. And so I I think that helped in that sense, but I don't know. I think for us, like there wasn't really anything super eye opening. I right. think for me personally, that happened during this pandemic where I'm like, oh my God, I never knew it was this bad before. Like I knew. So I'm, I'm very stubborn in the sense that I don't like change. Okay. Well, yeah. most people <laughs> and you, and don't, you, most people don't like change, Nina. Yeah. And, and also Nina, you're brown. You're, you're not white. Yeah. So exactly. you, were, you were already aware. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but rest assured, there was a lot of white people that I go, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the police are killing black folks like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an eye opener for a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, and because of the pandemic as well, too, the idea of a universal basic income has been more accepted. And now the idea of possibly putting a tax on the super wealthy is starting to be floated now. Canadians for tax fairness, they're calling for a wealth tax after Canada's billionaires have basically gotten richer since the pandemic has started. They've seen an increase in their wealth. Um, billionaires in Canada, they benefit from tax loopholes. Uh, corporate tax cuts, tax havens, and simply the absence of a wealth and inheritance tax. So are you guys on board with possibly the idea of uh, a wealth tax? Um, Does that mean we get taxed less, though? No. So then, well, I guess it will. I I don't see the, the, (laughs) no, but I, I don't see the benefit of it if it's like, you're taxing them more, but you're still taxing us the exact same. Like, if you're taxing them more, shouldn't you be deducting that from our taxes? No, well, the thing is, if you tax them more, then the extra money that comes in now can go towards more things that we need to put money towards, especially now that we're in a pandemic and we need something like a universal basic income. Because the first thing people will say that are against it is, how are you going to pay for it? 
That's the, all right. That's, okay, then yeah, sure, yeah, do it. Okay, yeah. so according to these guys, to the <laughs> the um, what are the, what's their name there? The Canadians for uh, tax fairness. They were proposing a one percent uh, increase of taxes on people that make over twenty million dollars. And then it increases the two percent for people that make over a hundred million dollars, and then three percent for anybody that makes over a billion, and that would raise somewhere near twenty billion dollars annually just from that alone. That could go towards a universal basic income, or just infrastructure, education, health—you mm-hmm. name it. That's a lot of money that could be raised simply from just raising taxes. The NDP actually wanted to just do a flat rate. raise of anybody that makes over $20 million across the board. So they don't have that tiered system where you do 1%, 2%, 3%. The NDP just wanted to do 1% on anybody that makes over $20 million. And that would raise about $5.6 billion alone, just from that alone. Uh, How do you guys feel about it? it? The thing is, to us poor people, it makes perfect sense. But rich people are like, listen... I have six yachts, and this one percent increase in my taxes won't let me get a seven. I'm going to have to sell one of my yachts. Right. Unacceptable. <laughs> so, it's. I think I 100% agree with the wealth tax, but that's just me. Who doesn't make? Who's just? I'm just just shy of twenty million dollars a year. So I'm 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 safe. I'm wow. safe. You're safe for now. I'm exempt. I'm I'm safe for now. But, um, you know, hopefully this is reflecting, this will reflect the shift in values in terms of like, you know, $20 million or $18 million, you know, what is it, what does that amount of money really mean for happiness and for the health of a society? Right. You know, if you could sacrifice a little bit more, isn't it Bill Gates who basically said that he's going to be giving away like 99% of his wealth to like charities after he dies or something like that? Warren Buffett, like there's a lot of, you know, very wealthy billionaires who believe that, yeah, we, we need to be taxed more like they, yeah. And then there's those greedy, those greedy sons, SOBs that are like, no. But it's those guys that influence the politicians that don't pass the, the policies to make these things happen. Greed is terrible. Yeah. Definitely unless you're, t- unless you're, unless you're Gordon Gecko. Right, exactly. Well, but you know, the idea of a wealth tax, though, it's pretty popular with Canadians about from some polls that have been seen, eight out of 10 Canadians actually agree with it. And majority of conservative voters also agree with it as well. So I'm surprised to hear that or see that. Um, You know why? Because the majority of us are just shy of the $20 million mark. (laughs) Just just shy of it. Nina Nina didn't get the Gordon Gecko reference. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. No. Okay. That's pretty much it for everything. But I only have a minute left before we have to wrap up. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I just wanted to touch on this real quick. Looking at the S show that's going on in the states, especially with uh, Donald Trump not conceding yet, he's been basically grifting his um, his supporters out of as many as much money as he can possibly get. If you go to his website right now, you see this extended contribute offer thing that he's got going on, where he's asking people to donate money to him to fight against voter fraud, even though he's pretty much sort of conceded that he's lost the election because he's even kind of alluded to the fact that he's thinking about running again for 2024, but Uh, yeah, he's going to be in jail. Well, (laughs) who knows Nina, but the point being is that he right now is trying to milk his supporters out for every single penny that he can get. If you go to his website, he has all these uh, things there where the money is not even going to go towards him fighting 
this supposed voter, voter fraud in the first place. It's just going towards a super PAC for him to possibly run for re-election again, or run for election again, I should say. Or just, I think he's just using the money just to pay off his bills, to be honest with you. But his, support- his legal bills? Right, but his, <laughs> his, his supporters are so adamant about it, and they believe the voter fraud so much is that they're starting to threaten the lives of people in the states, like electors who are working, just doing their job, just making sure that the election was fair. They're actually receiving death threats from Trump supporters. You know, I don't support Trump in anything except for this. And I'll tell you why. Because if these people are willing to give him money, why wouldn't he take it? I'm fine for the, him bilking them out of their money. But the thing yeah. is that I have a feeling this is the, I was concerned about there being violence after the election. Now I'm more so concerned about violence around the inauguration time. Because if people yeah. really continue to believe in this guy and believe that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, they're going to not look at Joe Biden as a legitimate president. And I think there will be violence, especially around inauguration time. So, I never thought about that well, I'm just you know, concerned about that. One of the uh, one of the um, officials from Georgia had a press conference this week saying pleading with Donald Trump to please talk to your supporters to cool down because innocent workers are starting to get threats from Trump supporters. Hmm. So I you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just positive, uh, positive, uh, putting it into the universe. I think it's going to die down. As a matter of fact, I would even say that in their private so. moments, in their private moments, they know that they lost. <laughs> it is what it is. They're just they're just sore losers. Right. I don't know. Loser. But it, again, he, he doesn't care enough or have empathy enough about the innocent people that may get hurt by what he's doing because he's rallying up his supporters so much about this, right? Like they truly believe that the election was stolen from him. They like, they've already, they believe anything he says it is already. So it was really, and this was a Republican official too, that was pleading with Donald Trump to please, you know, tell your supporters to cool down kind of thing. So I just wanted That's to crazy. put that out there a bit and say like, this guy's just grifting his supporters out of so much money just because he knows he's on the way out the door and he needs every penny he can get his hands on. And he's got these people that are just willing to give him their money. So I hope it doesn't lead to violence, but I just wanted to put that out there a little bit just to, you know, say it's a bit of a dangerous game that this guy's playing right now. And um, I hope he stops. And that's pretty much it for politics as usual for this week, Solitaire. Excellent curation of politics as usual, Reddy Fox, as usual. (laughs) Double entendre, as usual, as usual. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We got to go and pay some bills right now. If you're tuned into Vibe 105, Continue to stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you on the podcast, stay with us. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and fuck his supporters. And if he wants to grift them, and if they, they he wants to grift them, they want to be grifted. They're, they, you know, they're, they're, they're a match made in heaven together. Yeah, but to your point, grifting idiots. <laughs> but to your point, though, I, I do see that uh, there is an escalation in terms of his supporters not seeing this as a valid they think, election. They think he legitimately got it stolen from him because he says it, even though anybody, I don't know. No, no, These people are nothing to know, bro. It's, it's, I feel bad for them actually, to be honest with you. I don't, they're all idiots. I feel bad. I do. I, I'm trying to have compassion for people and they're you misguided shouldn't. and they're just, you know, 
I don't know. Nina, bite your tongue. Look at her. She's trying not to say it. Say it, Nina. Say it. They're they're dumb on their own. There there's plenty of ways they can educate and research themselves. It's their own fault. Let them know. But but here's the thing. They they are they are educated and researched with alternative facts. With alternative facts. This is the sad thing is that we're living in these information bubbles and they live in the worst information bubble there is. Like that Fox News, Breitbart, whatever QAnon thing that they're living in that they're following Trump on and I don't know. I feel, I feel bad for these people. I do. Actually, I, it, it, that's very true. It's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. A, yeah. Amen. Now, he, what I was going to say is I'll tell you a revelation that I've come to recently, um, especially when they're talking about this idea of, no, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be sympathetic to his voters. If you voted for him, you're a bigot. You're a racist just like him. I've curbed that, to be honest with you. And I, I am making a conscious effort to separate Trump from the people who voted for him. Not, not all of them. There are definitely racists and white supremacists. And like, there is a faction of them that, you know, they all get the fucking hard fuck you guys. But I do, I will say that I do believe that the vast majority of people who voted for Donald Trump are not bad people. I think that it's important for, for, people who call who say that they're discerning and they're critical thinkers and they're trying to do better than people who may not have the same level of understanding it is hard to to reckon with the idea of you we have to be the bigger person but that's what it comes down to if we're going to be able to move past this we that's something that we're going to have to do because we all have to live together in this society and we all have to be able to have different, you know, counter point of views, but still agree on some basic level realities and facts. There has to be universal understanding, uh, universal truths. And in order to do that, you can't tell somebody, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm blocking you. I'm cutting you off. That doesn't, that does not work. You know what I mean? So we're going to continue to be polarized until we can do that. 100% I agree with you, but it's so hard. Oh, of course. <laughs> so hard. It's damn near impossible. 100%. But, that... but the thing, too, is I always think about it, too. Would they, they wouldn't be the bigger person if it was the other way around. Like, exactly. It just, they just wouldn't be. Like That's the thing. Like we, we have to put in all this effort to reach out to these people to try to build some sort of connection with these people where they'd sooner spit in your face if Donald Trump had won the election and they would have been just fine with mentally torturing us for another four years of this guy's bullshit like it's true it's, it's so true. hard but i agree and, with you i do yeah i'm trying to have and, compassion and understanding for people i really am even people that will hate me for the color of my skin or whatever i yeah. really am like i'm really trying to it, yeah but that's that that is that is part of like when you talk about things like being a leader being a thought leader bigger being the bigger person it's it's not easy <laughs> It is difficult, but that's what is required of somebody when you're in a position. I can't remember the scientist that said it, but I remember that, you know, it was from a documentary. I think I might have talked about this before. It was a documentary I watched about flat earthers. And it was a scientist that said the reason why there's more and more people who are or being convinced about this conspiracy theory of flat earth it's he's like it's not their fault it's our fault because we have pushed them away from science by belittling them for not having the understanding about science so we're like oh you're an idiot and as we know that's true when we huh kind of true 
It's ready. No, it, it, it's, it's the realest shit. It's I mean, kind of true, but again, it's so hard to take a flat earther seriously. It's so but the hard. Thing, but the thing about it is nobody, you can't, you know, as, as these, there's a, a lot of sayings that kind of sum it up in a nice, neat way. But, you know, you, you, you attract more bees with honey than vinegar. Like you cannot, as much as you want to look at somebody and be like, yo, you're inbred sometimes idiot. you gotta like, say how do you fuck not those see bees that? though man sometimes you say fuck <laughs> these bees man i don't want to hang out with these bees they're fucking idiots <laughs> well you don't have to hang out with them but yeah it's hey man like i said i'm not saying it because it's easy i'm saying it because it's necessary hey they're stupid bee. you want some honey you want, to, <laughs> want me to tell you about the earth being round you dumb bee some, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta Sometimes you just gotta force the bee's mouth open and say, "Just eat the fucking honey and shut up." The world's shut round. up and take it. The world's round. <laughs> but see, that's what's the, that's what uh, you know. Taking it a step further, that's what you know. People are afraid of when it comes to the vaccine. They don't want to be forced to take the vaccine. But ultimately, no, no. But that's different. Vaccine. We're talking about a, a universal truth here versus a vaccine. Come on, now that's not the same. The Earth is round. That there's no <laughs> well, arguing. I, no arguing this. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not making a parallel. Anyways, we for got sure. we got radio time now. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're locked into Vibe 105's own hashtag, which yours truly solitaire DJ Ready Fox and No Better Nina. And guess whose time it is right now? It's music news time with No Better Nina. And she's got a lot to discuss, a lot of opinions to share, a lot of thoughts going on with rich celebrities partying in their <laughs> houses and having lavish, like, mask-free uh, soirees uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll let Nina navigate us through that. What's going on in music Please. news? Please. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so uh, it was actually kind of dead in music this week. So I tried my best. I think I came up with some stuff. <laughs> you so, came up with great stuff. Yeah, but I think it was dead because it was American Thanksgiving last week. So mm-hmm. everyone was kind of on a break. Well, Nina, I was going to say, even after you get through some of your stuff, we can still maybe talk about some of the Grammy nominations because we didn't do any of the R&B categories. No, we didn't, but I deleted it from the page. Oh, don't worry about that. But just we back. might be able to get to it. So just uh, okay. a heads up. Cool. So, okay. So yeah, so it was American Thanksgiving last week. Um, and Cardi B is the most recent celebrity to catch heat for gathering with more than just the family members in her household during Thanksgiving this year. Um, a few other celebrities caught backlash for doing similar things of this nature. Um, for example, Kim Kardashian's 40th birthday getaway on a private Island. She's 40. Yeah. She's 40. Holy. Yeah. Um, with her friends and family, and um, I think Rita Ora just recently caught some heat for a birthday party as well. So yeah, um, after the after her Thanksgiving festivities, Cardi took to Twitter and tweeted, 12 kids and 25 adults over the holidays. It was lit. Referencing that's how many people she had in her house. Um, and fans are pretty upset with her considering we're in the second wave of this global pandemic. So she does what she does and addressed it via Twitter like she always does. And she wrote, sorry, my bad. Wasn't trying to make nobody feel bad. I just had my family in my home for the first time and it felt so good and uplifted me. I spent so much money getting everyone tested, but it felt worth it. I wasn't trying to offend no one. Cardi also added that her, along with anyone who works with her, gets tested about four times a week before saying, people be trying too hard to be offended. I wonder how they survive the real world. Um, keep in mind, Cardi does live in Atlanta. And I don't know if you guys have, if Atlanta even has COVID protocols, because um, <laughs> everything seems open all the time. In Georgia, uh, they're messed up. 
Yeah. Uh, so I want to know, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think this gathering was a bad move on her part? Or do you think it was like, it's like, whatever, like, are you really bothered by this? Well, the bad move no. was that she announced it to people. Mm-hmm. You know, if she had kept it private, private, no one would have known about it. We wouldn't be talking about it today, right? So, you know, I know she wasn't thinking and she was just trying to celebrate a good moment with her family and all that stuff. But this is like, we've seen multiple celebrities now doing this over the pandemic where they're just like ignoring rules, so to speak, or whatever, like someone, a particular barbecue person that we know of in Toronto. (laughs) But the point being is that because they're celebrities, I feel like they, the rules don't apply to them. And I think if you're going to do that stuff, you should keep it as private as you possibly can. Don't let word get out of it. That's where your misstep is. Yeah. Solitaire? I just don't understand why she felt the need to keep a running, a running count of how many people attended this party. (laughs) 12 kids and 25 adults over the holidays. You know, it's all part and parcel of celebrity worship. Uh, the, the fact that she felt the need to announce it is part of the flaw of celebrity culture. Uh, celebrity worship, like I said. Uh, but personally, I could care less. Like, you know what I mean? She probably, and she, and she I mean, I don't know how true it is that she tested everybody. I hope that she did. And if she did, and so be it. She could afford to do that. You know, that was granted to her by her fans supporting her that she has all this money. So you but, gave her the money. Yeah, but don't you, be why you mad. But you can acknowledge that as well, too, because she has so many fans. It could be like a lot of people will see this and say, like, oh, she's having parties or she's having people over. Why are we going to try to follow all these yeah, rules and stuff? But I think the difference is with these celebrities, like, they've announced like even when kim k did her birthday trip like they were getting people tested non-stop like up until the day they flew out do you really like, believe it yeah i believe it i saw it happen on the show that's why oh. not the birthday <laughs> trip but a different event played out on the show and they did the same thing but but my thing is like yeah they have the resources to do it and and I don't really see them as putting anyone in harm's way if they're testing everybody and then bringing them into their house i don't consider that breaking rules to be honest if you're testing everyone and everyone's negative and you're bringing like 30 people into my house like i personally wouldn't consider that as breaking a rule because everyone's negative it's what are these like, tests that they're using though like and when are they testing them in terms are they testing them like two three days before the people are coming to their home and stuff or whatever i don't you know what? i think this is a little shady when they say that they're testing everybody i don't think they're testing everybody i don't think so <laughs> i believe everyone so <laughs> <laughs> I, I i would say that i i would hope that she is uh, how accurate these tests are because I know there's some people who like they tested positive and then they got retested and then they tested negative. There's false positive, false negatives, asymptomatic. It's just not something that's worth the risk. But again, like rich people do rich people things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rich people flout the rules all the time. It just is the nature of being a celebrity. That's why people want to become rich and famous so that they don't have to li- live by the same rules as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's why people like the, like the celebrities that they like, but then they also want to get mad at them for doing the things that they can't do themselves. I call I person- it jealousy. You call it what? Jealousy. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it is. It, celebrity culture is weird, man. As much as I love to perform and I love music and I and I love the artists that I love, but celebrity worship is a weird thing. And this is one of those things that mm-hmm. highlights it. So would you consider this, like, this get-together for a holiday and saying she tested everyone, would you consider this insensitive? 
No. For her to talk about it, yes. Yes, to, to flaunt it again in people's face on social media, she shouldn't have done that. And I think that's just a reflex of the life we live now is that people just can't help themselves. They just mm-hmm. have to share every moment that they can. Document Espe- everything. Yeah, yeah, document everything or whatever, especially in the more popular are you with the section of, with the exception of a few celebrities, I think most of them, when they have stuff like this or they do stuff like this, it's a, it's almost like a reflex. They don't even think about it. They're just like, oh, going to Instagram this or mm-hmm. post it or whatever and let people know about it. So that, yes, it's insensitive. Again, just keep it secret and just, you know, break the rules if you want to break the rules as a celebrity. And hopefully you are getting people tested, but don't flaunt it on social media. Mm-hmm. Solitaire? That, that's what rappers like to do. Rappers like to say things like, oh, you can't get this or you can't do what I do or or like I'm gonna pull up to the front of the club and park in front and, and and walk right in. Like that's part of the culture, especially when you talk about like hip hop and, and the world that a lot of our favorite artists live in. That's what they want to do. But they want to be able to say you could do th- that. We could do things that you can't. In most cases, yeah, but not during a pandemic. This is something that's affecting everybody. Like there's there's, <laughs> there's a big difference between flaunting, saying yeah, I can get in here or I can buy this or I can buy that. But when you're doing that, when people are worried about their livelihoods and their lives, that's a that's a bit a bridge too far. But like, I feel like you know they're rich they're gonna do this like you know they're capable of doing this and they're gonna do it like i don't think it was insensitive i just if i was rich and a celebrity i would do the same thing to be honest with you like and it's not like you're gonna like like you're getting so worked up but like are you gonna go meet cardi b after she had this thanksgiving party and go catch covid at her house like did you think you're gonna come into contact with her like i don't i don't understand like you know like it's just it just to me seems a little like it's so expected of it. Like, yeah, but why so what, are we... Is everyone at the house going to sequester themselves as well? I mean, they... they probably don't need to go out as, as much as the average person. Cardi B is obviously giving them some kind of money. Okay. They're probably just chilling at home know. doing online grocery They're shopping. They're going to go out there and just start mixing and mingling with other people. And it's that's how it works. You know, it's like... it's Well, if they test it negative. Yeah. If they, if they got <laughs> tested at all. I, I just don't understand why she felt to keep a running tab and tweet about it. <laughs> Really and truly, she could have said the same thing and just taken out the numbers of people that came, and I'd have been like, oh, you know, she had a party. It's this, you know, whatever. I would have thought nothing of it. I just, you know, I think yeah, maybe she fingers. wanted to. Maybe she wanted to flaunt it a little bit. Yes, yes, yeah. that's what it boils down to. It's this. So that idea is insensitive, of, then, yeah. And I think that's the insensitive part. Not I, having the party. Um, I mean, not I mean, having the party is not the insensitive part. All right. Well, anyways, so we're going to move on to something else. Um, Pop Smoke, the late Pop Smoke, his estate is being sued by an independent journalist by the name of Victoria Iono. Um, I love this story. I love this story. So she turned down their offer of $1. They offered her one whole dollar to use audio from her interview with the late rapper on his posthumous album. So disrespectful. Victoria interviewed Pop at Rolling Loud back in December of 2019. um, And he passed away in February of 2020. Um, And despite her turning down their offer of one whole dollar with negotiations between pop's team and her lawyers falling through her interview audio was still used on the tunnel vision outro of his posthumous album mm. victoria says she filed for copyright of that interview at the beginning of the year so i guess maybe a month after she did the interview she filed for copyright therefore 12 percent or 16 seconds of the song was illegally stripped from her and she's now looking for both writing credits on the album as well as a percentage of royalties from the overall album mm. i love it i love it 
um it. i why i I'm, I'm just confused like why would the label not offer her a reasonable amount from the beginning instead of having to go through all this mess instead you, you're, the, the you're the music expert solitaire uh listen that offer just shows how much they respected her or did not respect her i don't know what the well Let's just first say, I don't know how the validity or the accuracy of this story or what she's saying happened. I don't know how much they offered her. If it was a dollar, then that is clearly outright and a deliberate attempt to say, listen, we're going to use it. I don't care what you say. Mm-hmm. You want money? You want to be paid? Maybe she demanded money and they said, mm-hmm. I'll give you a dollar. A dollar? You can't even buy water. Disrespectful. Without- it's just disrespectful. But if that's, would, if that's what happened, how would she be able to? Dem- if that was what happened theoretically, how would she be able to demand money? She wouldn't even necessarily know that they're looking into into doing it unless they approached her. But why would they approach her and be like, "Hey, we're going to use your interview for the song. We'll write you a check for a dollar." Just you know, um, it's it, you know, hip the hip hop behind the scenes in the music industry, particularly in the states and even up even in Canada and Toronto. It's just weird, man. People, there's mad egos. There's mad entitlement. Um, so I, I don't know what, uh, what uh, precipitated them doing this, making this offer. How she found out. There's, a, there's probably a lot of politics. There might be some connection behind the scenes between them. I don't know, but it's just mad disrespectful. But mm-hmm. I will say that if it was a situation where she required she requested to be compensated and they said you know what i'm going to give you a dollar <laughs> a dollar in a dream and they used her they used the interview anyway then i'm like hey get your money <laughs> yeah they used your intellectual property without but should she be getting writing credits asking getting your permission should she be getting writing credits as well as royalties from the whole album not Is the whole not- in my opinion not the whole album the song fine but not the album when you are when you are a writer and your your song or your writing appears as part of an album you get i mean it's we're talking about like fractions of a percent for what she like technically as a writer cuz i mean Technically, she wrote them questions, and they use those questions. It's an intellectual problem. I mean, right. you know, attorneys will tell you when you break it down, it is what it is. Um, but you get royalties off of the sale of the album. It's it would amount to like pennies. She was not she's not gonna get rich off it. She can't retire, but you are entitled to get royalties off of the entire project because it's part of that recording. Right. Something to add to her resume. Well, I mean, she probably is not going to add it to her resume, but, you know, but yeah, she, she wrote, she wrote the questions and they used it. They used her name and likeness. Well, I don't know if they used her, well, her voice. Yeah. How was the album? Have you listened to the album, Nina? Is it good? Yeah, a thousand and one times. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, did you guys do your Apple replay thing or your Spotify um, thing of the whole year that tells you who your number one artist is, et cetera, et cetera? I don't use no. those things. Oh, I should have. Wow. I didn't think of that. I should have put that in a, as a thing in here for us to talk about our artists and top albums. I, I, I didn't do it and I don't care. I know they're collecting <laughs> my data. Um, I was curious who your top artist and album was. You know what? We can talk it, about it, it next pro- week. All right. Fine. Next week. That's true. The year is not over. The year is yeah. not over, Nina. You're right. Mm. Um. Anyways, we want to talk about uh, the Grammys. Sure. Do have, or do we have Grammy more? family? Or should we talk about this Casanova thing too? Or do we just do the Grammys? Let's talk, let's talk about this Casanova. This is interesting. 
Okay, so just quick. So New York rapper Casanova, uh, Rock Nation artist, is wanted by the FBI um, for his alleged involvement in the untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation gang. He's currently, well, actually, he's not free anymore. He turned himself in um, Wednesday night in Manhattan. Um, and there were 17 other members who had already been captured. Wow. Um, facing life in prison. Um, the FBI tweeted asking for help in finding him, saying he's wanted for his alleged involvement in the gang for racketeering charges, murder, narcotics, firearms, and fraud offenses. Oh um, FBI Assistant Director William Sweeney made a statement saying, the violence and drug activity committed by these gang members threaten the safety of our communities and place innocent lives at risk. But thanks to the partnership and hard work of all law enforcement agencies involved in this investigation, we were able to stop this violent criminal organization. This is my favorite part and show that the gorilla stone is actually not untouchable. I think he just was like waiting to say that. So um, petty. So petty. Throughout the pandemic, Casanova has actually been pretty like low profile. Back in April, he launched an OnlyFans, charging subscribers $25 a month. But the last time he logged on was November 19th. Before the arrests were made, he was also promoting an IG Live for this past Tuesday, but obviously that's not happening. He posted an Insta or his team posted an Instagram video to his page um, that he recorded of himself before turning himself in, just saying like, Basically maintaining the fact that I'm I'm innocent, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, basically what he was alluding to is that the reason he is being wanted by the FBI is because he hung out with the wrong people who mm-hmm. were already wanted criminals. And then another rapper, Chicago rapper G Herbo, was also named in a federal case the next day in Massachusetts, um, mm-hmm. alleging him and members of his crew used fake IDs to charge over $1 million worth of exotic services over four years, oh which included designer puppies, private jets, limos, exotic car rentals, a villa and a villa in Jamaica. And Herbo was literally just named, I think yesterday, so Wednesday, just named in Forbes 30 under 30. He's 25 years old. He also went and turned himself in in LA earlier today this thursday um Mm. i just want to know like i thought these rappers had money like why are we frauding ids and stuff like what's going on here i'm just very confused because nina (laughs) it is it is of the utmost importance to maintain the appearance of wealth as a rapper yeah (laughs) that is at all costs it just didn't it just yeah, I just was there's a there's a this is one you know I don't think that we have these conversations enough in music in hip hop particularly this idea of this status symbol of clothes and you know and money and this you know Jewelry. being able to live this kind of exotic lifestyle it's it's celebrity worship there's there's a lot of problematic aspects uh, when it comes to hip hop and you know obviously with the, in terms of like the gang stuff it's, it's you know that's more of a of a community like uh, there's a lot of issues that go into that it's not just as simple as you know a lot of rappers are coming from neighborhoods that it is a lot of this stuff is prevalent so it you know not even dealt trying to delve into solving that problem but trying to get to the reason why they wanted like maintain the illusion that they're living like that you know rap is a, it's a, it's it's complex it's, but it's part of the DNA of hip hop culture, though, unfortunately, it might be a bad part of it, but it's been a part of it from day one, like coming from where hip hop started, literally from the streets, especially New York, coming from, you know, people that lived in poverty most of their life for you to have made something of your life through hip hop. 
it was a natural thing to want to flaunt your wealth to to mm -hmm. like come on like we didn't think proud if, of it. If you saw someone today like Slick Rick, you would probably look at them with disgust and be like, oh, my gosh, like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you flaunting your wealth in people's face the way you are? But back then, when Slick Rick did it with the gold chains and the rings and the whole thing, you understood why he was doing that. Like, it was part of the culture because it was like, yo, we all came from nothing pretty much. And now I've made something of myself, at least for the few that make it in hip hop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's part of the culture to, to flaunt it and to and being braggadocious about it as well, too. It's just gotten bad to the point where we're living in a world now where flaunting is like a 24-7, 24-hour-a-day thing where you're getting it in your face from social media as well. Like, we weren't seeing Slick Rick showing off his house or Eric B and Rakim showing off their homes and their cars, all that stuff. Unless you saw a picture of it in a magazine, that's pretty much mm -hmm. it. But now mm -hmm. with social media, you're getting it in your face 24-7. So the flaunting of wealth type thing, it's to me, it's a part of hip-hop culture. It really is. Unfortunately, I wish we could remove it from it, but it's been there it from is. day one. And it's also been a tragic part of it too, though, because... If you look at rappers like Pop Smoke, the reason he got killed was because he was posting pictures and videos of his like his like uh, some stuff he purchased from some fancy store right. or something. And that's mm -hmm. how the address came out. And that's how he got killed. Like, you know, it's it's I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Like social media has created this whole like it's just. It's I, well, social media then social media then created it just exacerbated. It makes it, it, it was worse. always there. Mm -hmm. It makes it, it worse. Yeah. But that's that's and part the of the celebrity is, culture thing though. I was gonna say sorry solitaire no, real no, quick. It's just that because again, we loved celebrities even when we were kids, but we weren't exposed to their lifestyle twenty four seven. I didn't think about hip hop artists other than listening to their music. I didn't really care about what their lives were. I definitely didn't really care about their private lives per se. But that's all become part and parcel now of this celebrity culture. Now you want to know who they're dating, who they've broken up with, this and that. That was stuff that didn't even, we didn't care about that stuff back in the day. It was just about mm -hmm. the music. And if you saw them in an interview once in a while or whatever, you got a little glimpse into their personality. Otherwise, it was really just you were just there for their music more so than mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah. But now it's like the total thing. Like you want to know every little detail of their life and everything. And they share it because it's helpful to them for their careers and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. It's a crisis of identity, man. It's a crisis of how do you, how do you, uh, what do you value in a person? You know, is it their wealth? Is it what they have or who they are as a person? And I think hip hop as much as, and, and listen, I'm not trying to at all say that there's anything wrong with wanting to have nice things, gold, whatever the case is. But if you're using that to define yourself or to like put yourself above other people who don't have jewelry, they don't mean as their life isn't worth as much as yours. That's the problem. And that's what people aspire to. People don't aspire to have nice things because they appreciate having nice things. A lot of what is being projected is as Kanye like put it you ain't up on this or you can't get this you can't afford this as if that's kind of you know the definition of your value as a human being and that's one of the problems like other and again this is we're talking like very surface it obviously goes very deep but mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. This week's music news was very New York. Everyone we talked about was a rapper from New York, um, except for G Herbo. Anyways, before we go, uh, let's finish off our Grammy guesses. Um, so, best music video: we have Brown Skin Girl, Beyonce, Life Is Good, Future featuring Drake, Lockdown, Anderson Pack, Adore You, Harry Styles, and Goliath by Woodkid. Whoever the heck that is. Um, Beyonce. Is- <laughs> Beyonce. Okay, I'm gonna go with Future and Drake. But of Beyonce, course, Beyonce's gonna win. I, I just want it to be different. Um, okay, and can then I just best... say I'm surprised the Roddy Rich video is not there? It's a good video. I don't think I've watched it. You know, I don't watch music. It's political. Oh, okay. It's the Grammys, remember? Uh, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's a good video, though. Of course. Best R&B song, better than I imagine. Robert Glasper featuring her and Michelle. I'm not even gonna bother saying the last name. Um. Black Parade, Beyonce, Collide, Tina Major Nine, and Earth Gang. Do it, Chloe and Hal. Is it Halle or Haley? Chloe and Haley. Haley. Halle. Halle. I Chloe? guess. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and slow down, Skip Marley and her. I'm gonna go with slow down. Hmm. What do you say, Solitaire? Uh, I'm gonna tell the truth and say that I I don't know any of these songs by title. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, my default is always Beyonce, so I'm gonna go with Beyonce. Mm. All right. I'm gonna pick Chloe and Haley. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. I, I don't know much about their music, but the little bits that I've heard, I like. So. Yeah. All right. Um, and then last two categories: Breast Progressive R&B Album, which I believe used to be Best Urban R&B Album was the category, so they changed it to Progressive. <laughs> um, Kilimbo, Chilumbo. How do you say it? Chilumbo. Chilumbo. Colombo, Janae Aiko, Ungodly Hour, Chloe and Halle, Free Nationals by the Free Nationals, F Your Feelings, I almost said the word, Robert Glasper, <laughs> and it is what it is, Thundercat. I'm Go. picking Free Nationals. Free Nationals all the way. <laughs> uh, I never listened to them. I, I'm going to go with Janae Aiko. Anderson Pax Band. So that's why I'm just, I'm just, they're, they're amazing. Oh. So. Um, and then last, best R&B album. I don't know what the difference was here. Happy to be here, Aunt Clemens. Take time, give on to feel loved. Luke James, bigger love, John Legend, all rise, Gregory Porter. Solitaire. Um, uh, I like the Luke James. I feel like John Legend is a Grammy darling. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's gonna be John Legend. Yeah, I was gonna pick John Legend too. The Grammys love him. Yeah, I, I vote for John Legend, but my pick, I listened to the album. Uh, Giveon is, oh, it just makes masterpieces. So that's really? Yeah, like really good. Um, and yeah, that's this week New, New York Grammys music segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that, Nina. Excellent job putting that together. Um, yeah, I mean, what, you know, New York news is New York. Yeah. <laughs> They, they got to have their time to shine. You know, they, they lost their way in the spotlight in hip hop. So got to give it back to them a little where, bit. Where would you know. say the city is that's holding it down for hip hop right now? Solitaire. The six. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, obviously I'm biased, but uh, I think it's, it's become like, it's not city. It's hot artists. It's now yeah. it's like, it's kind of like the, the, the social media world of who's hot in social media, but because Drake is still pretty much, you know, considered to be number one, that means it's Toronto. Mm. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's our music news. 
uh, it's time for us to pay some bills. For those of you who are tuned in to us live here right on Vibe 105, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you on the podcast, stay with us. Yeah. When are the Grammys again, anyway? Uh, I believe February. <clears throat> right. Or January. It's early in next year. Apparently, they're planning on doing it in person. Yeah, what I mean, you, What do you mean doing what in person? Oh, wait, maybe it's not the Grammys. Maybe it's another award show. They're doing planning on doing some award show in real life in 2021. What? What do you well, mean I mean, in they're real trying life? To, they're, like, they're trying to roll out this vaccine. That's they're, Everybody's kind of planning on people getting is, vaccinated. Yeah, nothing's real life anymore. So when I meet, when you meet in person now, I call it real life. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I this see. is not real life right now. This we're, we're, is life. Okay. <laughs> I can't lie. I'm tired. Bro, me too. If I didn't start music news, honestly, I was starting to fall asleep because I wasn't talking. Once I started talking, then I woke up. Good. Did you see my eyes just kind of close? I was like, oh. Yeah, oh that's what was happening to me. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, what are we going to talk about for the podcast moment right now? Because we're just rambling on here right um, now. Let's talk about what is everyone's plans for Christmas? Hmm, what Christmas. are your plans for Christmas? Do you guys drink eggnog by any chance? Ew, no. Okay, me neither. No. Nope. Solitaire, come on. It's I like not it. in a box. It's delicious. Oh it's, my god. It's creamy. It's sweet. You know, a funny funny thing is people like to like they put rum and eggnog. I'm like, no, don't spoil the integrity of the egg. But mind you, I, I don't like mixed drinks at all anymore. Like if I'm gonna drink rum, just put rum on the rocks. The only drink that only alcoholic beverage that I don't mind mixing is vodka. Fuck but anything soda. else. Yeah. Other vodka. than that, I don't. Vodka's vodka the soda. most versatile alcohol, man. Oh, I don't know how you guys drink. I can't drink white liquor. Just can't. Only, only mixed, only mixed. I mean, I, I mean, I do drink vodka straight too. Vodka on the there's some vodkas that are nice on the rocks. I haven't had any. We but over. Well, I know. I know. I was about to say, ready? What are you drinking over there? It looked like you had some rum. Yeah, I no, thought you did. No, this Remember. is rosé. Oh, ah, it looked like it looked like a little whiskey or something. No, no, this, like, is, ah. this is rosé. Honestly, I haven't I was had. A little ja- I have not had any whatever the percentage usually is of wine. I have not had higher than that in months. Oh, that's good. I had higher than that on my birthday. So, <laughs> what were you drinking on your birthday, Nina? Appleton. I always drink Appleton. Oh, okay. Sometimes I'll drink Henny, but Appleton is like my go-to. You throw up? No, no, not this time. No, that's I only good. throw up like every couple months. Okay. I every learned, couple of months i used to be better it's i'm telling you it's because i got old because there was a good time span where i went three years without throwing up i'll just black out and not remember anything and three years it was like that, that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden i just got older and I, no actually it started when i started dating my boyfriend i just started throwing up maybe i get nervous and i just drink too much i don't fucking know I, wait did that did you find that to be the case do you throw up easier as you get older solitary yeah did you find that to be the case no i throw up way less Really? I've been, I, I haven't thrown up from drinking in probably a good like at least five years yeah it's i don't can't even tell you the last time which but... i mean which i mean is not really really that long in the not span of my life right. but no i can't but I, noticed, it is... I noticed as i got older actually sometimes it wasn't even throwing up while i'm drunk it's throwing up the next morning hmm. that's the thing i found is the older i've gotten hangovers happen more often or at least they used to whatever like they, they'd last longer for like two days i'd feel like shit like headaches the whole thing or whatever never used to happen when i was younger like this, this is a rent this is a random conversation but it is interesting do you know 
that the quality of the alcohol makes a big difference that affects your hangover. There's, you ever oh. heard of like high wine or like there's certain, there's a certain quality. I can't remember where, where I learned it, but that's the cheaper, the liquor that's obviously it's not, it's not even necessarily the sweetness. We used to think it was the sweetness. It's actually because those like cheaper, like whatever Malibu or like Miranoff. Like, yeah, they just use a cheaper quality of alcohol and that's what induces the, the hangovers. But if you drink like a high quality uh, liquor, but here's the thing though, I've probably been drinking low quality liquor all my life. So it's of, like, of, co- of course, yeah. <laughs> but the point being is that I wasn't getting hangovers when I was like 22, 23. But then when I got well, into the well, I got late thirties, early forties, then all of a sudden hangover city, like now I, I think I see, I mean, maybe I'll challenge that, but I think it was probably just your youthful vigor that you just ignored <laughs> the hangovers that you were having and you didn't call them hangovers, but I've definitely been hung over in my younger days. I had hung I never didn't not have hangovers. I'm just saying I get hung over way more easier now when I'm older and they last longer. Yeah, I see remember when I remember when we used to do the show and I was just the intern and I used to come in still drunk. Like <laughs> that's what I would like that for me, that's when I used to always say, like, oh, I never get hangovers. But like now I notice I'll get a slight headache, but nothing major. Like it'll go away in two hours. Okay. Well the, we should finish this so we can be done this yeah please solitary (laughs) good morning ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the program you're tuned into hashtag live right here on vibe 105 yours truly solitaire dj ready fox hello no better nina hi oh i forgot to give you guys space to say hello okay next dj ready fox hello how's everybody (laughs) no better nina howdy y'all howdy those that was the worst I, I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> anyway ladies and gentlemen uh we're moving into the last uh the last few segments of our program for today and i would like to start this off by uh doing this week's black owned spotlight or are we officially changing the name boss but is it boss it's like boss. it's boss no it's, it's boss boss it's boss, boss. This week's boss. There's only one S. It's weird. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll see how it goes. That is the uh, workshop. Basically, it's boss. <laughs> uh, boss, as Nina's uh, outlined it, uh, she, it's only because she wants 10% of the revenue. That is not, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's another story. Uh, this is our weekly spotlight on black owned businesses and outstanding members of our, of the black community. We encourage you all to hit us up with anybody that you would like to nominate uh, for to be highlighted on our show at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram. Today's boss, I like the ring of that. See? I do like the ring of that. Nina, I know what I'm Nina doing. knocked it out the park. Admit it, Solitaire. Yeah. I don't have to admit nothing. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, uh, today's boss... I do like to bring it that though. That <laughs> okay. Is Rub of Love, ladies Yay. and gentlemen. Rub of Love is a skincare line that is um, originated right here in Toronto. Uh, the website is Rub of Love, spelled L U V dot com. The Instagram tag is at Rub of Love, same spelling. Uh, there's a handmade uh, cream, all natural. Um, skincare 
that is designed and created by a lovely young lady by the name of Jazz Fairy J. Uh, they make uh, an assortment. Well, actually, they, they have a pretty limited um, supply of, well, not when I supply, but a, a product uh, product range, I guess you could say. It's all natural, handmade, designed to keep you and your skin feeling healthy, smooth, and protected. Um, Rub of Love Skincare is about self-love through skincare. It's about giving your skin the luxury it deserves through products and workshops. Um, I love the product names. This is one of the, <laughs> the things that it's very West Indian uh, via T dot via the six. Uh, they have a, a body butter that's called all over <laughs> as in all over. Uh, they have sunscreen called block it, block it up. Block it up, sunscreen. You can just hear. I feel like you should get like one of these regular artists to to, to say these names. And then they have a uh, my favorite, which is the oil based lube and massage oil. And guess what it's called? Love up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's made. Um, these all these products are made with natural ingredients, things like beeswax, coconut oil, shea butter. Uh, J- uh, Jazz Fairy J herself is actually a, an incredible dancer and artist, singer, uh, just all around a great person. Um, she's a multidisciplinary artist, like I said. She's also a mother. She's a mentor, and she's the founder and CEO of Rub of Love. Um, it evolved out of her creative practice and journey as an artist. Her art has always been healing and she's always been a healing, a source of healing for those around her. And this skincare line was developed uh, being centered around how she can create a natural protective and healing line of products that are great for the skin. Uh, she's just recently launched it. So we're excited to support her a great gift to give your, your friend, Man, woman, or child, because it's all natural products for taking care of your skin. Nice. Today's boss <laughs> is Rub of Love, ladies and gentlemen. That's Rub of Love, L-U-V, website, ruboflove.com, Instagram, at Rub of Love. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I don't know if there's any sports going on, but if there is, Ready Fox is on it. It's time. For hashtag sports. Okay, well, actually, you know what? The NBA provides all the sports news that I need. That's the only sport that I really <laughs> care about anyways, as bad as it is to say. But the NBA is providing it. So big news, actually, in the NBA came down this week. Um, Russell Westbrook got traded to uh, the Washington Wizards for John Wall. That was a big surprise. Wow. They had both asked for trades, and they made it happen. So... That's going to be something to look out for, too, now that Russell Westbrook will be in the Eastern Conference, and that means he'll be going up against uh, Kevin Durant more so now that he'll be playing for Brooklyn, so they'll be seeing each other on the floor a bit more. What were you going to say, for those people who are For those people who are like, who and who got traded to where? Oh, people should know these guys. You don't think so? <laughs> uh, not outside sports fans. I mean, I barely know these names, and I'm, you know, I watch a little bit of basketball, but... Anyway, no, okay, well, I'm that's a big deal in, in, in NBA news anyways. But um, also, uh, news came out out of L.A. for the Clippers because they obviously they didn't have the year that they were hoping to have, um, you know, bringing Kawhi Leonard in and bringing George <laughs> Paul in and Paul George in. What were you going to say, Nina? Nothing. I just said it. <laughs> she said it. Okay. Oh, you're just, you're just, is that <laughs> just a petty ha that you're throwing at them? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm right there with her too. Apparently, <laughs> though, the preferential treatment that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both got played a factor in the team chemistry not being what it was. An anonymous person on the team said after they had seen what was happening, they were like, we're doomed. Kawhi wants too much special treatment. So they, obviously they had to be an anonymous when they said that publicly. But basically the treatment that uh, he got when he was in Toronto, he was also getting when he was in L.A. Probably even worse because they asked him to come and he probably said, well, if I'm going to come, you guys have to, you know, treat me Do the way I want to be treated. So apparently that was part of the reason why they had such a hard time with their team chemistry. Are you surprised? No. Nope. He no. got he's got his ring. He doesn't care now. He's he's like, "All right, I'm going to take a year in coach and relax." All right. Okay. <laughs> well, thinking speaking of uh, the NBA coming up this year, the ESPN put out their projected rankings for what they believe the way the regular season will end. And for the Eastern Conference, they have Milwaukee coming in first place. They've got Toronto coming in second place. Surprise, surprise. Are you guys surprised really? by that? Yeah. I no. am surprised by that. I, I am, but I'm not. I'm not because I would pick Toronto anyway, but I am that actually somebody, an analyst actually said that. Well, and acknowledged us. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. Well, the thing is that uh, the Raptors have always been a good regular season team anyway. So the, the projected NBA finals that they had picked, was, or not final, sorry, for the final of the regular season, Milwaukee coming in first, Raptors, then the Heat, 76ers, Celtics, Nets, Pacers, and then Hawks. And on the westbound, on the western side of Western Conference, the Lakers number one, Clippers number two, Rockets number three, Jazz four, Nuggets, Mavericks, Pelicans, and Suns. So that's a bit of a disrespect to the Trailblazers because they've been a pretty good team for the last few years, but they're not projected to make the playoffs according to ESPN. So mm. the NBA season will be starting around December 22nd. So are you guys looking forward to it? The opening night could be... Um, the Nets versus the Warriors, Kevin Durant playing his old team, and also the Lakers playing the Clippers for the opening night of the NBA season, December 22nd. I'm um, excited. I'm indifferent. Hmm. I know yes. why. No surprise there. I know why she's indifferent. Oh, yeah, she's indifferent because she's going to lose boyfriend time. <laughs> I'm going to lose not even time. I'll be right there. I'll just lose attention. Attention, yes, yeah. which is essentially time. Okay. <laughs> And again, for the NBA, they put out their, they're trying to put out the season schedule as quickly as they can. And they did put out their projected Christmas Day schedule. And the Raptors are not on it again now. It's like if we don't win a championship, they're not going to put us on Christmas Day, basically. So that's, that's been... what I was going to say. How is it determined who plays on Christmas Day? It's just whoever they pick? They... Like, I thought it's rankings. No, they want the most popular possible people that they can have on that day because it's such a captive audience that they have for Christmas Day. That um, mm -hmm. they want to obviously have the most popular teams, but I guess they look at the Raptors as not being a popular team because they never put the Raptors on on Christmas Day, despite the fact that we've had very good regular seasons, very good records going deep into the playoffs year after year. And they just and all of Canada watches them because that's Canada's only team. They don't care about Canadian rankings, I think, when it comes to uh, TV ratings, nope. unfortunately, Nina. That's true. So I learned that. So they've gone right back to disrespecting the Raptors. They're not going to be playing on Christmas Day. We'll see the the Lakers, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Heat all playing on Christmas Day, but not the Raptors. And in MLS news uh, for soccer fans out there, Greg Vaney has stepped down as head coach of TFC. If that bothers Ooh. you or that's a big deal or not to you or not. but Why did he go. do that? People normally step down for a reason. I don't know, Nina. You're asking me questions I don't have the answers to. <laughs> and um, last bit of news for sports news. 
Snoop Dogg is considering launching, or he's going to launch, a pro boxing league called the Fight Club. Are you guys here for it? Nah, I don't like watching fighting. Celebrity fighting, not even celebrity boxing, Nina? You wouldn't watch celebrity boxing? Honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but watching fights gives me headaches. Like, when they get punched in the head, I feel like my head's getting punched. I don't know what it is, but it gives me a headache. Oh, okay. You're just not for the violent sports, then. Yeah. Okay, well, Snoop, actually, he got a lot of attention because he was doing color commentary during this recent um, celebrity boxing match that happened with Tyson and... Um, I forget the other guy's name that he was Roy Jones. Roy Roy Jones. Jones. Yeah, and also too, but the the thing that I saw the most from that night was the Paul Logan, uh, Nate Robinson. Jake Paul. Or Jake Paul, what's his name? What did I call him? (laughs) Paul Logan. I I don't know what his name is. Uh, This this fight was the first time I've heard of this guy. Apparently he's super popular on YouTube and all that. Remember? he's one of the brothers it's either him or his brother who did that youtube video where they went to that forest in japan where people kill themselves and then they film a dead oh, body he's that guy Damn, yeah okay. all i saw was uh, nothing twins, but right memes. Twins. yeah they're brothers yeah okay i saw nothing but memes of nate robinson just basically being knocked out oh, on the floor him. and stuff but snoop dogg is going to be launching his own pro boxing league called the fight club so we'll keep an eye out for that and i'm sure he's going to be also doing color commentary on it again too because that seemed to be a popular thing that people loved with this most recent uh boxing match so that's it for sports you know just as an aside snoop dogg right now has about 17 million endorsements he's in he's in the corona commercial he's in he's you know he is hawking soda stream water like you know those Soda Stream where it makes car- like carbonated water. Like he's in a commercial for Soda Stream. He's color commentating. He's so loved across the board, though. He's just like he's yeah, man. He's amazing. He it it amazes amazing. me actually to see where he's come from to the type of hip hop artist that he was to the growth that you've seen him now as an adult. And like he's still he's still Snoop, but he's like a mature Snoop. But he's just loved across the board, and I, he yeah. seems like he can do anything, and people will be there for it. And that's why I'm I'm here to watch celebrities get knocked out at the Fight Club Snoop Dogg Boxing League. I'm not. I'm here for that. <laughs> All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's unwind. Let's let our hair down. As you can see, I let my hair down. I took out my curlers. A uh, long time they ago, right? They can't see. They can't see me. He's well, bald. Um, I'm bald. <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> anyway, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, it's time for no better take with no better Nina. Nina. Take us home. All right. So last week you asked and I delivered. I was doing <laughs> I too much relationship advice <laughs> things. So this week I delivered. Saw something and I was like, oh, this is it. Perfect. So this is, there's, a, there's this whole fiasco happening with this restaurant in Dallas. Okay. So what had happened was this girl stood on her chair in this restaurant in Dallas called True Kitchen and Cocktails. She was facing a glass wall and she had her hands against the glass wall and started twerking to the whole restaurant, basically. Um, but it was more so like from the video I saw, it wasn't really twerking. It was like grinding against the wall, but like her butt was facing the the, the, um, the whole restaurant. Okay. Um, after that happened, the owner was caught on camera saying that he doesn't want women in the restaurant twerking 
And his reasoning was because he wanted to create a space for Black people to, quote, have somewhere nice to go, somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a culture. Mm-hmm. He then went on to say that 75% of their customers are ladies, and he wants men to show respect for themselves, but doesn't understand how he can tell them to show respect when women are twerking. Lastly, he said, if you want to do it, get the hell out of his restaurant. He later put out a clarification via Instagram saying he approached that table already on three separate occasions prior to that video um, and that he meant what he said, but his wording was just wrong. And he said his initial reaction to the girl standing on her chair holding the glass wall was what if she falls through the glass, then that's a lawsuit. So basically people are up in arms saying that his statement is anti-black. He's targeting black women. And a lot of people are offended that uh, that people, other people are saying twerking is ratchet or ghetto. So very quickly, um, yes or no, do you agree with the above three sent agree or disagree with the above three sentence sentiments? And then we'll unpack other responses. So ready. Do you think his statement was anti-black? Yes or no? Um, no, I don't think he meant it as anti-black. I mm-hmm. don't think so. But um, yeah, because twerking is not exclusive to black people. I mean, anybody can twerk if they choose to. <laughs> as weird <laughs> it is to say this, but um, I don't think it from the way the words are based on the quote that we're seeing here i don't think he meant it that way okay solitaire no it's not anti-black no it's not i Um, think that if anything it might be considered maybe like maybe a little elite elitist maybe you could say but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's anti-black and i think people just need to stop i actually think Uh, he's coming from a pro-black stance so to speak because if he's saying he's wa- he wanted to create an environment somewhere for nice for black people to go to where they can feel good about themselves and enjoy culture nobody nobody holds twerking to a high like pedigree of or like nobody thinks of it culture. yeah or whatever like everyone pretty much looks down on it it is pretty ratchet activity raunchy, raunchy. Yeah, Let's raunchy. Be raunchy. Yeah. either or but um yeah it sounds more like he was trying to actually be more pro-black if anything so then uh, what do we say about the people who are saying he's targeting black women? Do you guys feel like he's targeting black women? Yes or no? No, no. Belter? No, no. I don't, I don't think, think he's so. targeting black women. I hope people are not going to be saying that, but um, probably not. Oh, they are. So we're going to get to the responses. <laughs> so these are the people who disagree with the owner. We can unpack these one by one. If you guys have something to say, just chime in. Um, so this person says, this is a person who disagrees with the owner and their statement. He says, they say in this video, you can clearly hear the music. So this was a big topic of conversation. The music was booming dance party vibes. His disrespectful tone to the women who are paying, who are paying customers isn't right. He set the tone for his restaurant with a DJ. So this is on him. The music being referenced in that tweet is the song body by Megan Thee Stallion. Doesn't matter. No nonsense yeah that doesn't matter what music's playing in there it's the setting it's not a nightclub if it's a restaurant or whatever it is then you shouldn't be standing on the chairs or whatever and i can only imagine too what if she was like wearing high heels or something and she's destroying probably was she's probably destroying the the chairs that she's standing on with the heels like whatever so no Mm -hmm. like the music has nothing to do with it that person's way off i agree um so this person says and again, this is another person who disagrees. His disdain for twerking whilst playing music you can twerk to reeks of anti-blackness. His attitude towards black women, quote unquote, respecting themselves, reeks of misogyny. This is why he's wrong. If he doesn't want dancing, just say so. But his reasoning is problematic as hell. Again, I feel like it's a restaurant. Solitaire, what are you saying? I'm just annoyed. This is supposed to be an unwind, like lighthearted conversation. You wanted something not relationship. I brought it. I delivered. <laughs> But I'm not, but I I didn't I didn't say bring the heavy like 
anti-black. <laughs> Answer the question. Do you agree with this person? I'm annoyed. No, I don't agree with this person, man. People like, like I don't understand why you don't understand. Like people can't get that there's a time and a place for everything. Just because you're playing twerk music, you know, Lizzo got in the problem for twerking to a song at a, at a basketball, basketball game. Right. So there's a time and a place. It doesn't matter just because the song is about twerking doesn't mean that you just drop down and twerk wherever the song's being played. This is ridiculous. Hold on. Can I say though, Lizzo got in trouble because of what she was wearing, not because she was twerking. If she, if that pants had pants, Pants. if they had actual pants, if the pants had pants, people, we wouldn't even have spoken about it. It's because they were pantless pants. It was, in, in other words, in other words, there was an appropriate time and a place for outfits for particular dancing. This is a restaurant. I'm a so yeah. annoyed. I'm annoyed. I agree. Uh, this <laughs> last person who agrees with or disagrees with the owner, this is more of just their they're mocking the owner. And they said, "I founded this restaurant as a safe haven for black people and their culture. But if you want to ruin that for everyone by acting black, get out and take your black culture with you." Mm. So, yeah, that's how people feel who disagree with the owner. So these are people who agree with us. He didn't um, say all that. Yeah, but that's what the person's like. Basically, he's saying that. They're you know, throwing people... so many words into his mouth there with that. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. This is part of this cancel culture that we're living in right now. You realize that, right? Yep. Um. So this these people agree with the owner. So this one person said, no, bro, that's not because the person who posted the video wrote the caption, uh, like this guy's doing restaurant suicide, basically, by by coming out and saying this. So someone said, no, bro, this isn't restaurant suicide. That's real. We need more black restaurants that are actually restaurants, not happy hour and shaking booty spots. Right. Um, this other person said, no, this is not respectability politics. I'm super anti-respectability, but that doesn't mean there isn't standards and expectations. It's a restaurant. He's playing good music to make black folks feel at home. At no point did he say or imply it was a strip club. Eat, don't twerk. Yep. Agree. I agree. Salter, you're rubbing your head. <laughs> who is this woman? Who say, hey, oh, let me put down my knife and fork. Some people can't help themselves. They Sometimes and you got to twerk. Well, you know what? If that was my restaurant, I'd be, I mean, maybe I wouldn't make a speech, but I'd definitely be like, uh, excuse me. Do you think that this is an appropriate time and a place for you to put your knife and fork down, stand up? Maybe, okay, at least get, maybe get down on the floor, do like a little discreet, like a little chair twerk or something. Not like, why, whole are restaurant to, to see. why are you on stage? Why are you getting up on the, that? And, and I, I, I would say that I think where I do agree with him is like, yo, have some sense of decorum, man. There's a time and a place for everything. Nobody's saying that there's anything wrong with twerking as a dance. And in fact, Perhaps I might enjoy the odd twerk here and there, <laughs> but not you know, being a, I, I'd enjoy being an audience to a twerk here and there by a you know voluptuous young lady. That's fine. But if I'm sitting down to a delicious steak, and I turn to my right and there's somebody up on a table doing the splits and coming you know dropping it down, I'd be a little annoyed. Was this Florida? Yeah. Was it in Florida? No, okay. Dallas, Texas. Um, this person said, this person made a point. I don't see people popping booty at Benny Hanna, Ruth Chris, Mastro's, Maestro's, Mastro's, I don't know what it is. So why do they feel like it's okay to stand on his property to twerk? It doesn't matter if the DJ was playing that type of music. Have some class, sit and eat like a normal person. People always doing stuff to be seen. I agree. People yeah. do do stuff to be seen. Of course. And they were probably saying like, 
film this. Let's put this on Instagram. Yeah, the whole night. and they want it to go viral or something, you yeah. know? Um, and then someone said, the same song can play in Applebee's. Ain't nobody going to do that in there. Um, and then lastly, just before we go, the conversation on twerking being uh, ratchet and ghetto. This is kind of where it went. Um, someone said, why twerk next to a man eating filet mignon? That's ghetto as hell. Twerking in a club or function is a thousand percent encouraged and not ghetto. People need to know the difference. Um, another person said kind of a similar thing. Twerking in a restaurant while standing on furniture is ghetto most of the time. There are times it's not ghetto. This was one of the ghetto situations. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> People lack situational awareness. And lastly, one person said it's literally a traditional dance for certain cultures. So now history is ghetto. What is it a traditional dance for? Am I just not? I don't know. It's listen, pretty much like 99.999% of black dances originates from a cultural dance or tradition. It all comes from nobody invented these things as much as they like to think they invented these dances. The roots of them can be traced back to somewhere in, in Africa. So, so yes, there probably is a cultural lineage to twerking, mm-hmm. and it probably was not sexual. It was probably something else, right. mm-hmm. and it got turned into something sexual because you know men's like to look at big booty girls twerking, and there's nothing wrong with that. If there's one thing I would say, I take <clears throat> I take uh, objection to is whether they're not referring to it as ghetto where versus i think you you just said it there situational awareness awareness yeah so it's the i think the problem or the the you know the conflict and the disagreements start to arise with this use of what's ghetto and what's not and you know black people and this you know we're we're trying to tear down black women and all this kind of stuff this identity politics this it's a whole bunch of stuff where people who are not as smart as they think they are want to have an opinion to belittle somebody else and it really just comes down to situational awareness Mm -hmm. are you going to do that at benny hana's if they play first of all they're probably not going to pay megan play megan the stallion at uh at um, doesn't matter even if they did even if even Even if if they they did. did even if they did so I, yeah. I'm an I'm an this is a great topic, Nina. I'm just annoyed that it's <laughs> that we're wrapping up the show at the All end right. with it. Well, but it was good. You know next week maybe we'll go back to relationship topics, or next week maybe I'll find something different that's not as deep into the tensions, the race relations <laughs> of the world. And that is this week's edition of No Better Take. Please don't twerk in a restaurant. Please. Please. And I will say we're not necessarily I mean, it's fun to be annoyed at the relationship topics. So please, right. if you want to do relationships every every week, it's just fun to make fun of you for choosing relationship topics because you're in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. Uh, I have one last thing to say. Um, I want to s- give a shout out to, uh, obviously I'm biased, my organization uh, that I work for, FU, The Forgiveness Project. We're celebrating 10 years, man, 10 years of doing programs shouts out to tara muldoon the founder and executive director of uh fu the forgiveness project we're having a week of events culminating uh uh, on friday with bingo it's a fundraiser we're raising funds for to continue to do the programs and the work that we do and on the saturday there's a there's a whole week of events uh visit the instagram page for for the fu project it's at project f word 
for more information, as well as on Facebook, same name, Project F Word, for uh, the schedule of activities that we have lined up for the week. I'm only highlighting the the ones that um, that I think you know will be fun and engaging for the whole family. Bingo, like I said, virtual bingo on the Friday. We'll uh, we'll be raising money for you know through the admission fee for that. And on the Saturday, we're having a sunset vigil walk getting outdoors, walking outside, you know, it's, it's quarantine, it's lockdown. This is an opportunity to, to physically distance, be outside, but be together, see faces and enjoy some camaraderie as well as celebrating our 10 year anniversary. So I just want to shout out everybody on the F congratulations projects team. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Uh, anything you guys want to shout out, what you guys got coming up? No, no. Uh, nothing. No, nothing. So, oh yeah, that's right. Cause everything's locked down. Yep. Nothing it. virtual. Nothing virtual. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. On behalf of No Better Nina and DJ Ready Fox, I am Solitaire. Stay positive, test negative, mask up. We appreciate you and we'll talk at you. Oh, we will be off next week officially because I'll be participating in the uh, FU Projects uh, events next week. Um, yeah, we're hosting a performance on the Thursday. So we won't have a show next week, but we will have a show. There will be a show. We won't be live. There'll be a show the following week. All right. It'll be the so, year end wrap up. It'll be the year end wrap up after uh-huh. that. So, uh, you know, stay safe and enjoy the rest of the weekend. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right, y'all. Take care. Yeah. 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 Finally made and it. So we made it. That was a good topic, Nina. I was just. Mad <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. Because <laughs> I literally, you know, I make a point of not, of like bringing not knowing what you're going to talk about. So when yeah. I looked at the video and I mean, mind you, the video, it wasn't like super like overt. Yeah. But it was more so the fact that she stood up on the chair to do it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. exactly. I I'm agree. just like, I'm just like, yo man, what the fuck? No, man? I know. I just wanted to spice things up on sales. Getting kind of bored the relationship stuff too. Cause I'm like, Hey, like many people just think I'm being annoying, but like, it's really just the most interesting stuff to talk about. I like hearing people's opinions on relationship stuff. Yeah, you can keep going Even when I was single, stuff. I liked it. Yeah, you can still do relationship now, stuff. Now you, you now you don't want people now you don't want people talking your business. Yeah, now I just don't take I don't really listen to people's advice. I just go with the because, You know why? Because you 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 got what you wanted. So you don't yeah. need to take people's advice now. Exactly. Um, and I did that by not listening to people's advice. Boom. Hey. There you go. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate y'all tuning in and then you know streaming us on the, on our podcast platforms, whatever you're listening to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, I don't know, wherever you're listening to it. We're tired. We are. But we are here for you. We like having these conversations and we're actually, you know, we're pretty cool with each other as well. So we enjoy having these conversations. We appreciate everybody but, um, that listens to the podcast. We do. Thank you so much for definitely. tuning in. All right. And uh, we'll talk at y'all in a couple of weeks. Y'all stay safe, stay positive, test negative. You already know what it is. Bam. Peace.